Welcome to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. We are online for you. You can find us at WRQK.com. And at 9 o'clock, we'll send you to Los Angeles for the iHeartRadio Music Awards. 9 o'clock, we will also be joined by local comedian and buddy of Matthew Fantone, Steve Guy, who is in town all weekend at uh, the Funny Stop. Is he not? Yes, he is. Cuyahoga Falls. Cuyahoga Falls. So we'll get you into that as well. We'll talk to Steve at 9. And also send you out to Los Angeles for the iHeartRadio Music Awards. I would fill you in on everything else we have to give you this morning, but I, of course, am unable to do that because for now, what is like the fifth time this month, my computer in the studio once again does not work. And on top of that, which, by the way, audience, how many times do I have to say this to you? Here's what I know. I know a morning show consultant would tell me it was too many times. That's what I know. I know management would tell me it was too many times, and yet I'm constantly forced into telling you what's happening. So when you turn on the radio, you're like, dude, why is the show not as good as it was yesterday? Because I don't have the tools at my disposal to do it. Now, on top of that, on top of that, Matthew Fantone's computer, for some reason, is making grindhouse noises and nobody can figure out what it is or where it's coming from. Can you, yeah, let's see if we can get the mic down there. Can we? Maybe it's one of those things that's, it probably won't translate through the microphone. Well, there it is. Now it's louder in here than it sounds like right there. But it's, I mean, it's, what is happening? I mean, the, 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 listen to that, by the way, as you move your mic stand. That's not supposed to sound like that. None of this stuff's supposed to sound like this. So that's kind of what's going on. And I, look, I'm not going to get mad. I'm not going to huff and puff. I'm not going to put management in, you know, into a corner or into a position. All I'm going to say is this. All joking aside, this day part, this show, is the number one product this radio station and building currently has. That's just the truth. That's not me. That's not hyperbole. This isn't me, like, you know, dancing around, strutting chest out. I'm just telling you the reality of the situation. Those aren't even alternative facts. Those are facts facts. Yeah. See? Look at my press secretary. There you go. He's on it. The He's facts on facts it. Facts is what we call The those facts ones. facts is what we have around y'all. And so this is the number one product this radio station has. Okay? And... We routinely have to do it without the equipment that radio people need to do their jobs. So explain to me again, all joking aside, how I've never hit employee of the month. <laughs> explain it to me. No, somebody, somebody explain it to me. Number one rated for the last two years straight. In every demo this radio station cares about. I heard my boss say in a meeting the other day, Jesus, you guys have taken O&E out of the market. They, WO&E doesn't even show up in the market anymore. And I'm able to do that for you. We are able to do that for you while routinely swimming the ocean with weights chained to our ankles. And I can't hit employee of the month. <laughs> I like how this entire thing uh, was just a, 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 a stump speech for Stansberry as employee of the it month. It has to be. January otherwise, I'm going to scream and I'm going to talk about the ineptness of everybody around us. Now, and I don't want to do that. Much like fast food workers, Stansberry doesn't deserve $15 an hour. But if we Bro, took, but if it we is took, only six eleven. But if we took the spatula away from the McDonald's employee, I don't think you can get too pissed at him for not having your Big Mac ready, right? 
Right, and if he did have the Big Mac ready in a in a timely fashion, in a sanitary fashion, in a in a delicious fashion, the best Big Mac you've ever had, we would applaud him. We yeah. would be like, "Oh my God, we took the grill away, and you still were able to do this." This Big Mac looks just like the one from the commercial. They actually, oh my God, it looks like he melted the cheese with a hair dryer the way they do. <laughs> I mean, it's unbelievable, right? It's unbelievable. What do I always say? I'm over the idea and being idealistic of, of, of somebody helping me. Like, I'm over that. Like, I know that's not going to happen. But, I mean, at some point, you have got to get your boots off of my neck so I can figure out how this works and I can figure out how to do this. How are you this morning, buddy? Uh, I'm pretty good, dude. I'm not nearly as bad as you. I've got functional I'm computers. Bad. I'm right, not bad. Not Honestly, I'm, dude, the problem is now, is now I'm apathetic. <laughs> and no, now that's what's happening. I'll be honest with you. I don't, and I can't believe I'm going to say this because it's so reckless, but they've done it. I honestly, I don't care how today's show is. And if you ask Fantone, that'll tell you, dude, that doesn't sound like me at all. Because what is the one thing I care about? The The radio show. But they've kind of done it. Where it's like, you know what? It's Friday. Nothing ever works. We got noise coming out of here that (laughs) should not happen. Nothing soundproof. The third mic for our guest today still isn't like totally fixed. That's going to sound hollow and awful at 9 o'clock. Come back for Steve Guy. (laughs) I mean, how am I not employee of the month? I don't get it. The rest of you are disqualified. <laughs> I don't get it. But uh, but, I was, but outside of that, I'm really good. Okay. Like I, I, well, no, good I really enough. am. I'm, I'm, no, dude, I like, here, dude, here's I the thing. Like, the country doesn't have a state department. <laughs> I cannot have a computer. We're going to be fine. I, uh, I know when you've got the anger on you, and right now it's not the anger. It's, it's, it's not even frustration. I feel like you're right. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. You're apathetic at this point. I am. Scary place to be. And, and I totally am. And a little bit of it is, come on, boss. Come on. Like, I know you're up. I know you're in the drive-thru yeah. getting your McMuffin. Yeah. Come on. Because what they always say to me is, why do you do that? Why do you do that? Nobody likes it when you do that. And first of all, everybody wishes they could go in and kind of like bitch about their work while they're at their office the way I do. Because at the end of the day, everybody is Has that, a boss that doesn't well, give them the tools right, they need. Is that McDonald's Welcome to America. Employee, is that Sansbury? Yeah, could totally wishes they could go in there and start screaming at people. And so, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's one of those things. And I'm not going to spend all day doing it. I know it's like, you know, because he's right. Ultimately, people don't really care. They have a small appetite for it. And if you go over it, then they're like, Jesus, dude, you have the easiest job in America. How hard could it be? Yeah, we do. So it's a fine. Line, line. It is a fine line. I recognize that. But if I, you know me, the only way is out, you know, is through. And if I don't do that, it's going to hang in the back of my head. And then out of nowhere, I'm going to, I'm going to combust during a normal segment of the program. Everybody's going to be like, whoa, what has happened? See, now I feel like, okay, I can breathe. You right. and I can have fun. Right. And I said to Phantom this morning, and this is the God's honest truth. Like, dude, the only thing I'm hanging my hat on at this job anymore is the fact that I don't hate you. Like, that's it. <laughs> like, that's the only thing I have is like, well, there's that. I don't hate him. Like, there's that. And dude, you're a great counterpart. You're a great co-host. And so, like, that's like honestly, I may have been like, arms up, throwing it out, and been like, dude, I'm walking out. Like, oh, dude, before if, now, if the show sucked, if if this was oh, terrible, over. yeah, if, over. if we hated each other, yeah, oh yeah, I would have quit for sure. It would. It would. I mean, I torpedoed another job that paid twice as much as this one in radio <laughs> that I didn't like. You think I'd be afraid to do it to this one? For sure, I would. <laughs> For sure I would. So I assume we have charge tickets. I'm guessing. You know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it since I don't have a computer, dude. I got tickets to see Godsmack, Black Sabbath, Michael Jackson came back to life. I got tickets for that. Elvis tickets at 8:45. That's what you have. 8:45 tickets to see the King Elvis on Rock 106.9. And this rock station, Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. Online for you, WRQK.com. 
Going old school today, buddy. Every story's coming out of the Canton Repository. Paper style. That's the way to do it, though, dude. Uh, Canton Rep, you know, it's a, a reputable paper. It's a uh, it's an institution of Canton, Ohio. I, I'm, I'm a proud subscriber to the Repository. Yeah, buddy, I'm going Jeff and Flash style, buddy. It's newspapers. I love it. A little Jeff and Flash style. Uh, what does the... Uh, let me see here. Huh. Cool. Commissioners on renewal of sales tax. Stable funding needed by Robert Wang, staff writer, Cant Repository. I'm kidding. I'm not going to do that to you. I'm not going to do it. Not going to do it. Not going to do it. All right. So uh, Tiger Woods made his return to the PGA yesterday. Yeah, he did. And I was kind of telling people, you know, uh, you know, earlier this week that, you know, the prop bets had it at eight and a half bogeys or worse. And I said, bet the over. It's uh, he's going to struggle. He'll have holes where he'll play great, but he's going to struggle. It's a mental game, and he does not have his tee game with him now. He cannot hit a ball off the tee to save his life. I think he found four fairways yesterday, and it was just not good. And so I I said, bet the over on eight and a half on bogeys, and sure enough, he's four over right now. Now, I don't have the scorecard in front of me. I watched a little bit of it yesterday, but I can't remember exactly how many bogeys or worse he made yesterday. You can kind of go back and forth and... You know, because he had back-to-back birdies on a stretch there, and then he fell apart on the back nine. And it's just, it's a hard game. It's going to be hard to get back in there. And that's why I felt like eight and a half at bogey or worse, meaning anything over par, any hole that ends up over par at eight and a half was a home run. And so I bet the hell out of it. Why now, did- what I need him to do, though, is make the cut, because I also bet birdies yeah. at six and a half. And that probably wasn't so smart. If he doesn't, now I will say I loaded the bogey bet and kind of sissy bet the, the birdies. I should have told you guys that on the air. But I, but that's the way I ended up betting it. I loaded the bogey bet up. And, uh, and I put a little on the birdie because I was like, ah, just in case, because it's Tiger and you never know he could go off. Why doesn't he just hang it up? I don't think he can. I think there's something in him. I, I um, and I'm not sure that I'm not sure it's time for that yet. I'm not sure it's time for that yet. I mean, if you look at guys like Phil, older than he is, oh sure, and uh, and still very competitive. Yeah, but uh, did Phil ever fall off like that? Did anybody? Has anybody See, well, ever? The, well, the thing with Phil is Phil falls off every time he plays. Like Phil's like you and I. Like that's why people love Phil. Phil Mickelson, if you don't know, that's why people love him is because he's just as likely to be far left rough like you and I would be off the tee, and he has to scramble to get home. Um, so, But has he ever had to like, I, I, honestly, a fall off the cliff moment the way Tiger has? I don't think so. Not in a round. We're talking like this isn't a, this isn't this a is tournament. This is years now. This is years. Yeah, no, 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 this I don't, is a decade, essentially, right? I mean, we, that, that, when, he, when his wife took that, took that club to his, uh, to his car on Thanksgiving, that had to have been close to 10 years ago, right? Over five. Oh, I was at MMS. I mean, I did the story. So, I talked about yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, significant amount of time ago. It's 2017. Wow, yeah. That yeah. has been a little while. So I just... I wow, God. I, yeah, I didn't even think about that. I can't think of any athlete in any capacity who took such a nosedive, stayed down, and was able to come back up later. I, I, I can't think of the example. It's a different kind of game because there... I mean, I know there's the PGA Championship at the end of the year, but... And there's the four majors, and you want to win those, and he's chasing 18 majors. I personally don't think he'll get – I don't think he'll win another major. I think he can win on tour. I think it's going to be a little while. But, like, yesterday – and I and, and I am going to do this. As I was watching a little golf yesterday, I was like, man, look at my sport getting smart. You got Jason Day, one of the best players in the world, Dustin Johnson, the guy who won last year, and Tiger Woods all grouped together on day one. And all I ever hear about is how golf is boring on TV. So this is what I'm going to say. 
I understand that, and I understand I'm never going to convince some of you that it's not. I get that. But if baseball gets to walk around pretentiously telling everybody that it's okay if you don't like baseball, it's kind of a smart person sport, then so does golf. Then golf gets to say that too. Because golf is actually a really smart person sport because of the calculations, what you have to do, what you have to think about before you do it. If baseball gets to go, well, it's kind of smart to pump steroids into your balls for a decade and hit home runs. You have to be smart to do it. You just have to be smart. Then golf gets to say that too. So does WWE. <laughs> All right. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. I do want to ask you about this. Okay. What is going on with the frustration in the NBA? Because it's not just Braun now. Everybody knows LeBron's kind of mad, and we saw David Griffin kind of come out yesterday and was like, yeah, that's crazy. This organization's totally committed, and we're in. And you could kind of tell Dan Gilbert was like, hey, clean some of that up. Well, and honestly, and I'll say with the Cavaliers, and what's going on there, it's like, I don't know, good. I mean, I, I'm glad that people are pissed that things aren't right? going right. Well, it's not that I want turmoil. I'd love it if you were winning and everything was going great. That's ideal situation. But if you're losing, get pissed. Good. Be mad at each other. Yell at each other. and Make something happen out of it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm certainly glad it's like, no, everything's fine. We're good. We've just lost six of our last eight. So good. I'm glad you're upset. I'm glad they're both upset. I've heard, like, I didn't love when LeBron called out the bench. I didn't love it. It seems like weird for a star to do it. It just does. It seems weird. I don't know what's right or wrong. But but are you talking about when he said it's the three of us playmakers, me, Kevin, and Kyrie? I mean, is that what you're talking about when he called the bench out? Or, I mean... yeah, I mean, he I mean, he was basically saying, look, we don't have any talent. And I think it's just, I'm not wild about it. It seemed a little, seemed a little anti-LeBron for the way he normally is. I, I didn't love it. He didn't say they didn't have talent. He said that they don't have playmakers. And those dudes know who they are in the NBA. They're, like, talk to them like adults. Jordan McRae knows who he is. Okay, but an adult would say, talk to me like an adult, absolutely. But an adults talk to people privately. You don't, you don't publicly do that. I guess what I mean. I just think here's what I'm going to say. I think me included, if this was, if LeBron, if this was an NBA athlete at that level on another team, we would have a different view of the way that conversation went down. But because he's a Cavalier and because it's here, I think we are softened to what he said. I do. I think maybe I'm softened to that. Maybe not you. I won't speak for you, but I'll say I think maybe that sometimes when people say I'm guilty of being a little bit of a LeBron homer, if he was playing for the Lakers right now and had said that, I think I would have a bigger problem. I do. I feel like you're challenging your teammates to step it up. I feel like that's the way there's an argument there. supposed to do. There's an argument in that. I, I, You know what I mean? I'm not saying you're wrong about that I just think you know we're arguing about maybe which way is the right way to do that and but now it seems like this frustration is 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 boiling over it just seems like something's happening in the NBA because the Oklahoma City center Enos Cantor apparently punched a chair uh, on the bench the other night and uh, he has broken his arm I believe fractured the forearm there he's out six to eight weeks now that's going to be tough right because isn't the, I mean the dynamic I always hear is how that team is filled with Russell Westbrook and nobody else well and Enos Kander's a good basketball player he really is um, but he's always seemed like kind of a hothead to me and kind of a younger uh, what do I want to say brash dude who gets pissed about things I don't understand punch a wall guy I've never understood punch a wall guy I don't get that uh, but especially when you're a pro athlete and Kyrie 
after he did it. Remember, it was, I mean, this was years ago, back when LeBron wasn't on the Cavs, but he like punched the fire extinguisher box or something like that and broke one of the bones in his hands, and that was one of the reasons he was out for a while. Yeah, yeah. And I just don't, I just don't get that. Anytime you punch a wall, I'm like, okay, do you feel better about things? Or, but dude, you're a pro athlete. What are you doing? Like we saw Odell Beckham do that. Like after the game, oh, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. people were like, ah, it's not that big of a deal. It's you know, it's uh, it's that sheet rock there. It's not like he's, but still, it's like, dude, you're a wide receiver. That's your hand. Right. You're gonna need those. Right. Gonna be big in there. Another guy that seems to be a little frustrated in the NBA. I was interested to get your take on this. Is uh, apparently well, former Bull star. He's not really a star anymore. Is Rajon Rondo, mm-hmm. who now I know Jimmy Butler kind of had some things to say at his locker when the uh, you know when the media asked him the other night. Jimmy Butler is like the Bulls player now. And Rondo got kind of mad, again, about somebody talking about their problems openly in the media. And so he posted a picture via his Instagram of uh, the original Big Three, which is, was Rondo, Kevin Garnett, and Paul Pierce in their Celtics jerseys. And he had this to say, my vets would never go to the media. They would come to the team. My vets didn't pick and choose when they wanted to bring it. They brought it every time they stepped in the gym, whether it was practice or a game. They didn't take days off. My vets didn't care about their numbers. My vets played for the team. When we lost, they wouldn't blame us. They took the responsibility and got in the gym. They showed the young guys what it meant to work. Even in Boston, when we had the best record in the league, if we lost a game, you could hear a pin drop on the bus. They showed us the seriousness of the game. My vets didn't have an influence on the coaching staff. They couldn't change the plan because it didn't work for them. I played under one of the greatest coaches, and he held everyone accountable. It takes, it takes 1 to 15 to win. When you isolate everyone, you can't win consistently. I may be a lot of things, but I'm not a bad teammate. My goal is to pass what I learned on along to the young guys and, uh, who work and when they show up. They don't deserve to blame. If, anyone is, if anything is questionable, it's the leadership. Your point's null and void there, dude. You went to Instagram with it. And he is a bad teammate. And I mean, that's you, been I mean, the knock I mean, on I mean, it. You went to Instagram with it. So by by them going to the media with it, they're in the wrong. They're, oh, you're an idiot. You shouldn't have done that. You're a bad teammate. So you go to Instagram to complain about them? If you really felt that way, then you go have this conversation with them. And the thing about that is, is my vets, my vets, my vets. Well, you're one of the vets now, Rajon Rondo. You've been in the NBA for forever. You've you've been a part of winning squads. You're the one who's supposed to be setting the standard, and you're not. So, dude, that's a t- that, I mean, the platform that he delivered it on and the message behind it, it's terrible, dude. It makes it make. It, well, not only that, but didn't he have problems with Doc Rivers? Like, I thought he had problems getting along with Doc Rivers. Well, and I mean, so, like, plenty of people can't get along with each other. You still respect them as, as good at their job. I mean, sure. Mm. I just, dude, you went to Instagram with it. So you, so instead of going to the traditional media, you went through social media? Well, that's what the, you're going to see that more and more. These guys love that now, that they don't need anybody to get their word out. But your point was, is that you, right. that you shouldn't be doing this in public. So you decide to do this in public? Don't call the team out in public. I'm going to call you out in public. One wrong turn there. Yeah, yeah, one wrong turn. There. You know what's crazy? Dwayne Wade liked the photo. Like, he liked it. Like, that, it seemed, now, I don't know what the Bulls were doing. It seemed like they were all in on Jimmy Butler, and then, you know, they, they do this other stuff. And I get Dwayne Wade. I get it. He wants to go home at Chicago and all that. I get the story and all that. But, uh, so, I, I got to tell you, I would rather have the problems that the Cavs are having right now than what the Bulls are having right now. Well, certainly. I mean, as 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 we look at it, the Cavs still are number one in the East, and sure, you can say that. Oh well, there's a lot, you know, a lot of season left. But dude, the ship will right itself. Hopefully tonight it'll start off, and uh, yeah, hopefully the uh, hopefully the NBA balance will restore. Uh, Twitter is telling me that they believe that Tiger Woods had been taking steroids during his run. Mm-hmm. He had been juicing during his run. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I would say I would say there's probably a better than average chance of that. There you go. Thinking man sports, do some steroids. Boy, I got to think about doing steroids. Right. <laughs> Baseball, it's a smart person sport. Just keep putting that needle into your ball sack and hit home runs over the fence. It's so smart. I, I, I've never somebody explained to me why baseball is the smart person sport. Maybe I'm so dumb I don't get the argument. Is it because you have to keep scoring the stands by yourself? Is that why it's smart? Because nobody does that anymore. Just putting your stadium mustard on your hot dog, keeping track in your little book. This sport's so smart, all of our lips <laughs> fall off from sticking tobacco in them. That's how smart we are. I've never understood that argument. If baseball gets to say it's a smart person sport, then so does golf and so does boxing. And WWE. No. And WWE. I'm sorry. I, 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 don't, I can't find this mic button. I'm sorry. Be right back with more Stan's Ray Show. Hang on. Uh. Welcome back to the Stan's Ray Show on Rock 106.9. Online at WRQK.com. Still to come, 9 o'clock, we'll send you out to Los Angeles for the iHeartRadio Music Awards. And we'll talk to uh, local comedian Steve Guy, who is in town all weekend at the Funny Stop. We'll get you into those shows. So my buddy Alex just hit me up. Right. He lives out west. Right. And he he showed me this photo. He's like, dude, this was taken in Ashland yesterday. And Ashland, Oregon is... And I even this is, was my response to him. It, it is, Ashland, Oregon is literally the most progressive city I have ever lived in in my life. In the sense that like, like public nudity is full on legal there. And sure enough, you could wake up every day, every day, and you'd see old ladies riding their bikes down the street naked. And it like nobody cared. It was like, welcome to Ashland. That's just the way it is. Wow. And so, Why'd you move, dude? Just grandmas, octogenarians riding around on their bicycles, <laughs> got their little ba- their basket, their helmet. Yeah. Ashland University is right yeah. there. Uh, it's University of Southern Oregon. So it's okay. very progressive. It's like right. one of those cities. And he's, he's like, look how scary this is. And he sent me a picture of a box truck. And on the side of it, I'm going to have a hard time explaining this. It's got a sign, and it's half of a swastika. And you could tell that's what the other half would be. And it just says, the greatest story never told. And it gives out a website. And I'm almost interested to pull up the website just to see what's happening here. But he was like, look at this. But he's like, look at this. And if you would, if you would, like Ashland, Oregon is the last place I expected to see a swastika is the point of it. It's like, wow, dude. He's like, dude, things are getting weird, man. Things are getting weird. Um, I know that there have been, uh, those KKK packets recently in like, uh, Carroll County and things like that around here. So I'm not necessarily surprised to find out that's happening in other parts. There of the is country. a ton of Southern rednecky type racism in Southern Oregon. Like there's a big population of it, but not in Ashland. Ashland's kind of one of those places. He's like, dude, things are getting like if you get out to like their hill towns and right. their mountain town, it's a little bit. But Ashland's very progressive. And he was like, dude, I'm scared. Things are weird here now. And I was like, man, that is that's crazy. I'm scared for those naked grandmas driving their bikes, man, <laughs> riding around on their bikes, dude. You know me, I love like, yeah, I'll be naked. I have no issue with being naked at all. It's full on legal. Public nudity is legal in Ashland. But but being naked on a bike seems very reckless to me. If you fall off that bike, I it's feel like you have a penis. well, I just feel like there's a lot of things that could go wrong, man. You don't want to get certain. Things Things scraped up. It's a it's a great city. Good beer. Good, honestly, very progressive. It's a cool city. Yeah, I, uh, I honestly, Ashland's a place I would live again for sure. But that's that's scary. Another thing I saw that was a little bit scary is apparently we have to take away the cell phones and the Twitter accounts of everybody in this new administration. Like I gotta tell you. And again, I'm not a Republican, I'm not a Democrat, but for eight years I sat around and I heard about how the Democrats were stupid and stupid, libtards, and all these other things you guys want to call uh, Democrats. You know what I never saw Barack Obama do? <laughs> you know what I never saw President Obama do? Tweet out a password. 
I never saw that. I mean, if Republicans, even you today got to be laughing at yourselves, right? Like, dude, this is funny. Sean Spicer, press secretary, apparently tweeted out something that looks an awful lot like a password they're saying here. It's uh, N9Y25AH7, which that's obviously a password to something. And you're going to change it, probably. It's one of those you first out given out passwords. But if you're not double-checking your, twi- your tweets and your Twitter and what you're putting out, I think it's indicative of how you handle your business. Well, you know, it's, it's one of those passwords that could be a bunch of letters and numbers kind of jumbled there. Couldn't that be a butt d- tweet? You know what I'm saying? Couldn't that be a butt dial, essentially, where he accidentally had his phone in his pocket unlocked and it came out as like A7234? You know what? Couldn't it be? Hey, you can make the argument. Now, am I saying that's what happened? No. Okay, now, apparently he did this the day before, too, and that one came out A-Q-E-N-B-P-U-U, which uh. there's no numbers in there, So, which I, my guess would be is that's not a password then, so maybe that does lend credibility to your argument. Yeah, I don't necessarily know if that's uh, what that is. I understand why people think it is, because that does, and that looks like what's supposed to be a quote-unquote secure password of numbers, letters, not using words, not using you know things that people could easily figure out by having a jumble of numbers and letters. I just don't necessarily know if that's, if that's what, what it is. Oh, I wanted oh, that man. to be what it is. Man, oh man, look at me coming up to bat. I can't believe coming it. Coming up to bat. I, honestly, that's why I went here. I figured you were just going to go off about them being stupid for 10 minutes and I could just put my feet in. No, bed. no, I'm not going to jump up and down on something that doesn't deserve to get jumped up and down on. I'll, I'll admit when things go right and I'll admit when things go wrong. And that's kind of the, uh, what do I want to say? That's the way we should all be is like, all right, let's be honest evaluators of this as opposed to just like, I hate Trump and everything that happens is wrong. That's, that's not always going to be the case. I have seen, though, that there's multiple people within the Trump administration using an unsecured email server. And I don't know. That seemed like a big deal to me in past in the past. I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, What's up with that? Why are they doing that? I, I, why are they doing it? Because it's more convenient. It's more convenient than having to go through like government. And like the whole thing is with all those, you know, with with with, with you, you all have private emails and you all have separate email files that you use and you all have different phones that you use. Once you get on board with like, you know, being a part of the president's crew, you've got to get a secure cell phone. You can't just have like you just can't have like my Samsung you know what I mean like you just can't have that that's not right that's that's not you know a secure device so I uh now listen I'm not gonna you know I'm not gonna come out here and call for a congressional witch hunt when it comes to you know checking out emails but uh yeah multiple staffers of the Trump organization are using uh yeah but that that was he was all up in his hill about it I mean dude they were gonna send it away lock her up right Lock her up. That was that was the word. That was part of that. That was part of the a big part of it. That was a big part of the lock her up, right? A big part of it. Yeah. Well, then, here's what I don't get. I don't get this, and I and it's not just him. This is how politics work. But if you're gonna rally against something and then you're gonna do it, don't you wait? Like, don't you wait? Like, dude, if you like parents, right? Parents, right? You spend all all day telling your kids not to drink and not to do drugs. Don't you at least wait till they're asleep before you roll a joint? You can't tell your kids not to smoke weed and then roll a joint at the dinner table because that's absurd and they're not going to listen to you. And so I don't understand why these guys, I get fine using unsecured server. I don't really care. But at the end of the day, you can't rally against something and then do it four days after you stroll in there and expect people not to call you out on your craziness. If you're really, really good at sleight of hand, you can. 
I and I've right? and I've said he's going to be that guy, and he is that guy. I'm right about that, but that's not going to work here. Is hey, build it? the wall, build the wall, build the wall, build the wall. It's over here. It's over here. It's over here. Bam! Private email server. But again, the problem with that, and I and you're right. That's it. I think that's probably what he's doing. But again, what did he do? He did it wrong. Mexico's going to pay. Mexico's going to pay. Mexico's going to pay. And no, they're not. Dude, people right now, and I mean, I, honestly, this is just You know what I saw yesterday? This is what, what I hate about Sorry to cut you off, but here's what I hate about Facebook. You know how we're going to build the wall? With all the bricks, libtards are crapping. Guys, if, if you want to take part, by all means, take part. But that's not taking part. And if you don't know that, then, you're not, then, then, don't, then don't take part. If you don't know that that's not helping, then don't do it. It, it, there's there's going to be hard. <laughs> there's going to be a hell of a lot of logic gymnastics when it comes to well we're going to pay for it up front but we're going to get the money back on the other end and okay uh, if that's what if that's what if that's what's letting you you know uh, feel good about your decision then okay that's and what again we'll do. I align with no party I lean more left than I do anything else but I kind of like to stay I kind of like keeping everybody in check. And I got to tell you, dude, Trump's doing a lot of stuff that if this was Hillary, you guys would be losing your minds. You'd be losing your mind. Dude, imagine if Hillary went into the White House and was like, yeah, dude, half my staff, unsecured server. You would be freaking out. You know how I know? Because I have three years worth of evidence of you freaking out over, over that issue. So this is what I don't get. Why? I, fine. Do as I say, not as I do. I understand it. Like I said, I made the parent analogy. But you got to wait till the kids are asleep before you pull the bong out, Dad. What is the matter with you? I don't get it. Jesus. Imagine if I had a computer today. <laughs> Kidding. Actually, I do want to thank I, I I do want to thank my IT department. Somebody actually heard the the open of the the show, got up really early, came in and was like, "Dude, that's that's important. Let's make sure you can do the radio show today." Came in and assisted me, so I want to thank uh, I, I do want to thank our IT department for getting that done for me early this morning. Um, I'm ready to talk about something positive. Okay, I'm ready to talk about something that is uh, that is good news for you, me, and everybody else, and we'll do that next on Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Back to the Sansbury Show on Rock 106.9. We're online, WRQK.com. Head over there. You can take a look at the video of the Juggalo giving a college speech on the Dark Carnival. Now, this is timely because the Juggalos are about to march on Washington uh, due to their gang tag that has, been, uh, that has been given to them. And I believe what's probably happening there with the Juggalos, since I know a lot of them um, working at a concert venue, I know a ton of them. And, uh, you know, a lot of people knock the Juggalos, and I've always said, you can say whatever you want about them, you can love or hate the music, but they support their scene while everybody else complains about how nobody comes, nobody tours in Ohio anymore. Well, all the Juggalo bands do, because when they do it, their fans show up. That's yeah, how it do. works. If you don't go, why is anybody, whatever. Uh, I mean, you know, if people ever wonder, like, where do my welfare dollars go? <laughs> like, how are they being spent? Juggalos is it. Yeah, that's pretty much it. But, they're, <laughs> but they've got a gang affiliation there, like tag, and they're going to march on Washington or whatever, and I kind of feel like what happens there is what happens to a lot of groups of people is that I think there's probably a lot of really good juggalos and then you got a few knuckleheads on the outskirts of it that bring negative attention to the whole thing 
and then now anybody associated with it is automatically considered to be bad. But the video is a little ridiculous. Kid takes a little while little. in a college. <laughs> little ridiculous. And you're a little bit of a juggalo, right? Yeah, like the insane clown posse. I'd be a liar to say that I didn't, dude. Uh, especially when I was like younger, when I was like you know a pissed off 15 year old kid. I loved Ice. Yeah, what's not to like about it at 15? Right, That's exactly what it's right. for. And uh, like I always say, you know, Twisted's not bad. And, and like yeah. you know, anytime they come and work the agora, play the agora, I always want to work because, like I said, dude, those shows sell. Like people come to those. Now uh, the insane clown posse certainly no strangers to the pro wrestling community but what you say about pro wrestling i think applies very well to icp where it's like dude i under you know it's not your cup of tea i get that it's not your flavor i get that but you can't deny the marketing behind it kiss the same way where dude icp has made so much money off of poor people (laughs) like it's just mind-boggling to me because you don't just have a shirt you don't just have like a cd and a shirt and you're like oh i'm a fan like once you get in it's tribal you're full throttle it's tribal like there's stickers on cars of the hatchet man there's hatchet man tattoos it's it is it's one of those bands that and groups that people you don't just listen to it you live you it, live it yeah. you live it so that video is online for you at wrqk.com <laughs> they're getting politically active too i like it i like it should make you aware of this tomorrow your canton charger in action yes. at the civic center they're taking on the fort wayne mad ants that's the indiana pacers affiliate Boo! there your tip-off will be 7 p.m. You're getting a pair of charged socks for the first 2,500 people through the door. Fantone's going to be your in-arena host. He's going to steal me a pair of uh, charged socks. I will. And uh, you can stick around after the game for player autographs. And uh, tickets are on sale right now at CantonCharge.com or at the Civic Center box office. Like I said, tomorrow night, 7 p.m. tip-off at the Civic Center. Chargers have been playing really well recently. Yep. Um, uh, yep. They had that big game on, two, on Wednesday, I'm sorry, that they won. And you got to think, with the NBA trade deadline coming up very soon, a lot of guys are going to be getting the look. A lot of guys are going to be getting the call. And that's why they're going to go out and bust their asses Saturday night. You know what I mean? These guys yep. are all an opportunity from the NBA away. So uh, it should be a good game on Saturday. So the show's been a little serious this morning. We got into a, you know a couple of serious things right off the bat. Right. And there's the whole unsecured e- email server thing and now the Trumpians are like explaining it away and telling me well you know it's a, it's a transition team thing and you got to get people confirmed well Steve Bannon doesn't have to get confirmed and he's on it so like I, I and did a lot of executive orders for a guy who hated those I kind of feel like that you know he was ringing the bell on that pretty hard too and now and now of course when it's the guy that you like doing it now the thing that you hated is now okay because Politics, because it's yeah. been politics from the beginning of yeah. time, and it's going to be politics until the end of time. And there is no goddamn swamp, and everybody's the swamp monster, no matter what they tell you. <laughs> Everybody is the swamp monster. They all are, because it's the only way you get the goddamn gig. All right. But I wanted to move forward and talk about something fun and something right. good for all of us, all because right. I feel like we need it. It's Friday. Let's have a little bit of fun and a little bit of good news. And I think this is awesome, and this is what I always say, winning fixes everything, Browns, so get on it. But Cleveland, Ohio, have confirmed, sources have, that the Cleveland Indians are going to host the 2019 Major League Baseball All-Star Game at Progressive Field. Now I wonder why that was. Is it because they turned the team around, they started winning? And I know what naysayers are going to say, they take turns and eventually, right. I know. They move it around. I know they take turns. They kind of everybody kind of gets to play fair. 
But make no mistake, this was announced because of the team being good. I'm a little surprised. I thought this was more all-star games, but more of a, hey, you guys built a new stadium, therefore we'll give you an all-star game. Or, hey, you guys did major renovations to a stadium, we'll give you an all-star game. I, a little bit of a head-scratcher because, honestly, at this point, I know to us it feels like, nah, dude, Jacobs Field, it's like 15 years old. And it's like, dude, no, no it's 94, not. It's, right? one of the, it's one of the oldest like stadiums parts, in right. MLB. Like, so it, I, I'm just a little surprised that, uh, that, 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 that they gave the Indians the nod there. I wasn't expecting that. I would have thought Wrigley. Would have thought Wrigley. But, see, this is indicative. Winning does this kind of stuff. This is why it's important. Because you get attention. The league starts to care about you. We're, the Indians are one of the brands now. Like, I was wrong. I was wrong about the ratings of the World Series, but the Indians were part of... Now, it was really the Cubs. Nobody cared about the Indians, but it was the Cubs. But they were in the world's, one of the most watched World Series in recent history. I was wrong about that. I didn't think it would be that way, but it was. Winning helps. You got to do it. That's the only reason. That's the only way they're going to spiff you stuff. And I don't know when the Browns are going to figure that out. Now, you're not going to put the Pro Bowl in Cleveland in the middle of January. No, That's not going to happen. No. Okay? But, dude, this kind of stuff, it helps money come into the city. It just, it just it helps. Oh, you got to win. Of course, of course. You got to win. Of course. I mean, it's a huge boost in the arm to, to the area. There's no question about that. Um, and, you know, I know a lot of people will be like, oh, that's stupid. But it's a huge boost of self-esteem to the area, too. When you consider everything that, that, that Cleveland in particular has done over the past two years, I mean, you're talking RNC, you're talking World Series, you're talking NBA Finals, you're talking that, that, that million-plus person parade, you know, just a million different little things where it's like, damn, A lot of positive dude. attention. Right, a lot, a lot of very positive attention. So that's, you know, obviously helps in the, uh, in the, in the, in the national narrative of the area. And uh, it just it's just one of those things where you don't feel like as much of a loser as you did two years ago, where it's like, oh, all right, well, it's not that bad. So you... You want to talk about feeling like a loser? Sure. In Cleveland, Ohio? Sure. So you want me to give you a story about how I felt like a loser in Cleveland, Ohio in 1997, the last time the All-Star game was played here? Of course. Listen to this. Anytime you feel like a loser, Stansbury, I want to hear about it. Listen to this. This is, this, th- th- I, I, this is one of the big regrets of my life as a guy who doesn't like to live with him. So my buddy's dad, my buddy Dave, dad owns a couple of companies. He's a builder. He's like kind of one of those. He's a big real estate guy. Okay. Right? Okay. And a lot of buildings downtown bear his name. And so his dad's got a ton of money. He's got a, you know, he's got a ton of ties. And so the the all-star festivities for Major League Baseball roll through Cleveland again. Surprise! When the Indians were really good. When everything was really good. That's when we got it. Okay? And so his dad had tickets to all of the festivities. Right. So we went to the Home Run Derby. Of course. Dude, right. back when dudes were taking steroids. Man, Home Run Derby must have been awesome. Oh, dude, it was amazing. Awesome. Just shooting up in the batter's box and just hitting dingers, baby. It was amazing. It had to be. So Cleveland's on fire, right? Like, everybody's just loving it, right? And we head downtown for the All-Star game, right? And his dad had said to us, don't screw around in the bars. Don't be screwing around. You got to get here before my office closes. Otherwise, these tickets aren't going to be available to you. So what do we do? Screw around in the bars. Screw around in the bars. Oh, so hard, dude. Screw around in the bars. As back, you could smoke in bars. I bet you Stansbury was just in there cheaping out cigarettes, drinking Miller Lights, making it happen. Tongue down the throat of a fat chick. <laughs> just loving life. That was before radio. There's plenty of fat chicks then. Plenty of so we end up going to the office to get the tickets for the All-Star game, pulling the door, and it won't open. He calls his dad. You know what his dad says? 
I'm at the game already. Your tickets. <laughs> he left me. He's like, you guys are screwed. So we ended up going down where I believe what is now Jacob's Pavilion, and they kind of like put the whole thing up on a giant inflatable, right. and like you walked around down there. It was like the Field of Dreams. It was Nautica. It was like the the Field of Dreams is what they were calling it. And like we, and so we had to watch the All Star Game on like a giant like inflatable board instead of being in the stadium because we were too busy getting drunk in the bars. It was the 90s, dude. What a great time to be alive, right? What an idiot I was. Um, Sandy Alomar, I believe, homered in that game. Oh, that, oh, well, then, yeah. That was totally the, yeah. Well, I mean, I guess the last Cleveland All-Star game. I'm pretty sure Sandy Alomar homered in that game. It, uh... I don't know. I don't know if, if it's going to be like, dude. Yeah, you have to go to this All Star game. I, I want to at this point, but certainly it is going to be a uh, a priority of mine to get to the ballpark multiple times this year. I went once last year, and even Not even, even as I watched the World Series, I was a little bit like, uh, uh, uh. I hope I hope nobody questions my fanhood. Well, let me know. My my friend Casey's yeah. really ingrained with the yeah. Indians organization. I can get us tickets. Yeah, we should make maybe a little bus trip, maybe a little Sansbury show bus trip. That yeah, might not be a bad idea. She's out, bad she's idea. asked me if, if the if the radio station is interested in doing promos before, no. and I just laughed. <laughs> <laughs> not with me, they're not. All right, driving while stoned is going to come to an end. I'll tell you how next on the Sansbury show. Oh six nine. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show on Rock 106.9. I'm laughing right now, man, because of some of the off-the-air conversations I've had. I just uh, I just got into a debate with a with, with a climate change denier um, uh, during the break. I don't know why I engaged, but I did. And he was like, you know, northern Ohio used to be covered by glaciers. And, you know, Fantone pointed out to me, and he was right about it. I was like, that was 200 years, 200,000 years ago. Started taking a look at the change since the Industrial Revolution came about. And I think you'll see a change there. And, you know, look, I I said yesterday that I don't think climate change is the biggest problem facing uh, us as Americans today, but it is a problem and it is something we are going to have to face at some point. And I will make it as simple as this. I think you can make it as simple as this. If I smoke a cigarette, does that smoke that I inhale into my body, does that not negatively affect the insides of my body? I think we now know that for sure that it does. That's why you vape. So I will, (laughs) right. So I will, right. So I will equate that to then you mean to tell me that the stacks of, of, uh, that are billowing smoke into the air in Michigan for Ford and Chevy plants aren't negatively affecting the trees in Dearborn, Michigan? Of course they are. Of course it is. Now, is it the biggest problem facing our country the way a lot of liberals wanted to say it was? No, and I think that's partially why they lost the election. Not solely, but definitely part of it. But climate change is definitely a thing. I mean, I, I don't think it could be denied. Is it as serious as some people are ringing the bell? I don't know. But I know it's not a fabrication. I, like that, I know. That I feel comfortable saying. And then I have this. As a friend uh, said to me... <laughs> said my 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 parents are angry and they need your help and they said she says here they know uh, you and I will will occasionally uh, trade texts and they are on me to tell you to go on a campaign to get Russell Westbrook to play with the Cleveland Cavaliers I don't think you'll see that I don't think you'll see Westbrook no no I, I they also want boogie cousins I do not I do not want Boogie Cousins. Here's the thing. Boogie's great. He's a great player, but he's a problem. He's a hothead, and he can't control himself, and I don't want to really mess with the dynamic of the, uh, of the Cavaliers. If we're going uh, to start talking about Cavaliers players that you know we, we, we would like to see in, in uniform, I, I like what we talked about earlier, and I think it was with Scott from Waiting for Next Year when we talked this about uh, Ricky Rubio as a possibility yeah, like Rubio, for, right? for, for a backup point guard. The more I thought about that, the more I like the idea. And uh, Probably he, not going to have a problem with the ego of the backup role. And knows who he is. 
knows right. what he's doing. Shoots threes, holds on to the ball, and uh, and uh, plays defense pretty decently. I mean, Ricky Rubio is not a lockdown defender, but you know he can take minutes away from Kyrie. So, uh, well, defense is what we need, and I, I maintain I think really one of the big problems facing the Cavaliers right now is I really think we're missing J.R. Smith more than people thought maybe we would for this long. Uh, J.R. kind of known to be a pretty decent defender when he needs to be, and uh, I think the Cavaliers are really missing J.R. Smith right now. Cavs play tonight, and worth noting, uh, Ty Lue is talking to uh, to reporters after the Kings game that they lost in overtime, and one of them asked them, like, you know, dude, you've been on a lot of really good teams. You've coached a lot of really good teams. Um, yeah, he won have you, have you Have you ever seen this before, like, when you come off of a championship season and you, and you, you are able to... Yeah, you it happens able. in football all the time. And he, he said, he was like, yeah, dude, we won the championship with the Lakers that second year out with Phil Jackson. He's like, there was a point in the season we just couldn't get the funk off of us. We just couldn't get it together. And he's like, you just have to grind, you know, yeah, yeah, keep your nose to the grindstone and just keep going. So hopefully the Cavaliers right the ship tonight. Yeah, I think they'll be all right overall. I'm with you. I think I think at the end of the at the end of the season we're still standing there in the Eastern Conference Finals and probably the NBA Finals as well. So I'm not going to hit the panic button just yet, but I I would like to start to see them start to win some games. So as the country starts loosening the attitude towards marijuana, we now know there's are medical yeah. benefits to it, and you know we've we've also have people who are uh, states who are like, you know what, smoke the weed, we don't care. Denver, Colorado just got money, sending it all back to the residents because well, the weed thing worked, America, it worked. And I know some of you don't want to have to walk back the you'll never amount to anything if you smoke weed to your kids once we legalize. I get it, I understand it. We're gonna have to give up on that lie that you can't accomplish anything good in life if you smoke weed occasionally drink 24 beers you can be be anything you want smoke one joint and your life's going to hell in a handbasket but dude welcome to welcome to reefer madness let me tell you you can do a lot of drugs and still be successful in life i think we can point to a million different examples of people who had drug problems yet were still wildly successful at what they did right it's okay, Canton. I'll explain to him after the show that he's not successful. I'll explain to him. You know what I mean? I'll sit him down. I will. I'll sit him down. I'm really good at my job. But but there's this thing where we're kind of loosening, uh, you know, the views right. on this as the country. And right. I think overall we should just, you know, open the floodgates and just legalize marijuana and watch the money fall from the sky. I'm telling you right Because it's what now. happened in Oregon. It's what happened in Colorado. It's what happened in D.C. Money falls from the sky. If 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 they were to do that, and I feel like there's plenty of evidence that this is not what it, that's not what's going to happen. If he were to do that, dude, Trump would lock down his next four years. Lock him down, dude. If you legalize pot, I guarantee you, at least fifty percent of stoners are going to be like, "Man, Trump, not that bad, bro. See, not I, that bad, bro." I already got the slogan for the next run. I made weed legal. You can get weed with orange hairs as orange as my skin. Just <laughs> orange. Look at the butts. I uh, yeah, I'm telling you right now, people. It'll never happen. People would would jump on board that are currently right now. Like eh, I don't know, I don't pay attention to politics. I don't care. People would jump on board. They'd be like, free our legal weed. Hell yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure that's great. I I, I, I always hate that argument. You know, they that person got people who never vote to vote. Why is it important that the most apathetic people in the country take part? If they didn't care yesterday, why I don't want them caring today. I care about I, weed. I hate when I hear that. They got people who never vote to vote. Awesome. That's fantastic. People who didn't care 20 minutes ago are now energized. Good. I, I hate that argument. But I understand that one of the one of the reasons why we have to 
be on uh, like pause here or a little cautious about the legalization of marijuana is how we're going to handle the driving. Right. Right. We right. know driving while impaired is a problem in this country. We've seen we can't handle the alcohol. The Americans can't. Well, and and and, <clears throat> and driving while impaired on anything, alcohol or otherwise, like it is problem. Whatever you got, problem. And and I can already hear it right now. You can hear, it. dude. I drive better when I'm stoned. No, you yeah. don't. Yeah, I do, dude. No, you I, don't. dude I'm so no, cautious, you don't. and I know where everything, and I'm just nervous, so I drive better. No, you, you know, don't. No, you don't. You know what you do better when you're stoned? I'll tell you what you do better. Video games and toppings for pizza. And I know those are stereotypes, but guess what? I smoke weed every day. I know that they're true stereotypes. I feel like you get pretty good at like finding multiple things in your kitchen and your pantry and making a delicious snack out of it. And losing it. your keys. But that's it. Dude, where do my keys go, man? So one of the ways they're going to look to stop impaired driving while smoking weed is they need to come up with the they need to come up with the roadside test. Like they right. have to figure that part out. Right. And um they're going to rely on technology is is the new theory here. Okay. Now this isn't like they're not rolling this out, but they're saying this may be the best way to go. And what it is is they're going to give officers apps and tablets. Okay. And it will eventually be like Like Simon says, remember okay. that. Remember that disc game. Do I have the name of that game yeah. right? Where it had the different lights and you had to press it. Yeah. Like that's what they're going to do, and they're going to check reaction time, and they feel like reaction time with that. And the the officer says here he feels like people who struggle with that. It's indicative that you're stoned. I don't know if I love that. Yeah. I think there are going to be. I think there are going to be people who would not be good at that game. I knew kids who weren't good at that game when we were kids. Who, who obviously weren't high. They were eight. Um. Like and honestly, who I think of right now uh, is my girlfriend. My girlfriend doesn't smoke weed. My girlfriend doesn't do drugs. She doesn't dry, drink and drive. Would be she terrible at that, right? But if, especially if it was like a cop on the side of the road and she had like pressure on her, the nurse she would she would f it up for sure. Now they say they're also going to keep with the you know you stand on one leg thing and then you'll, they're right. going to have you do things on the. On the uh, the pad there, the iPad there, while you're standing on one leg. Now, who's going to pay to replace all the iPads that get broken every night in America right. as people are dropping them all over the highways? This is a problem. I will admit, as, a, as somebody oh, yeah. who wants to see marijuana legalized in this country, I understand that we do have to figure this part out. Agreed 100%. And I, and I think this is like the thing, I think this is the hurdle that we're waiting on before the floodgates open. I think what they did is, is that the, the, they realized that there were certain states in the country who were a little bit more progressive. Colorado, Oregon, a couple other places are a little DC, bit, yeah. Washington, a little bit more progressive than the rest of the country. So what we'll do there is we'll put it on the ballot, we'll let them vote, and if they go through, we'll find out what the problems are, and we'll see how the driving with the with the legal weed goes. And then while that, while we're getting those numbers and compiling that for those studies, we'll work on like the breathalyzer type machine for the rest of the country. And if we find it, then bam, here you go. And it, I mean, it, it sucks just because like. You can fail a drug test, but we have no idea whether you're stoned in that an moment An hour or ago, not. two days ago, right. And Where, that's what they're saying. They're like, you need an in-the-moment test the way we have with alcohol. And they just don't have a perfect system for it. Now, I'm not sure recognition via technology. Like, I don't think I'd be good at that sober. Yeah. I, I like, really don't. And especially in, like, the moment in that, oh, my God, the cops have me pulled over. I'm standing on the side of 77. Terrified. Everybody's driving by. I look like an idiot. I look like I'm a drug addict. 
Um, I, uh, yeah, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that either. I, and it's, it's frustrating because like we have alcohol down to a science. I mean, literally down to a science where I don't know if you saw this. I sent you an article. I think it's about Tostitos. They're going to do a breathalyzer bag. bag. Yeah. They're going to do a breathalyzer bag. And if they detect alcohol, it like changes and it says call an Uber. Like on the front of the bag, it like the, the, the steering wheel comes up and it puts a, like a cross through it and then it shows the Uber sign. Now that's a bag of Tostitos chips. And now those are, I think it's supposed to be out by the Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. For the Super Bowl. For the Super Bowl or whatever. And so I don't know how that works. Like, is it because I'm holding the bag right there? I think you blow on it. I think you have to, like, you have to. I would think. Now, and with that being said, though. You got to blow on it. If they can make, if they can make a a breathalyzer essentially so cheap, they can put it on every bag of Tostitos. How the hell does every bar in America not have a responsibility to have a breathalyzer on site? Boggles my mind, dude. Boggles my mind. I'm sorry, this is the bars? Yes, if you sell alcohol to be consumed on site, you have to have a breathalyzer. Restaurants too? Every restaurant, Olive Garden, bars, everywhere. Let me ask you, um, so if I'm at the Olive Garden and me and my girlfriend don't order a bottle of wine, I still have to take it before I go, or do we check what's on the tab? When you order alcohol at our establishment. Okay. When I sell you alcohol. It feels a little anti-American. I know it's safe, but it feels a little anti-American. It does. It feels like you're infringing on my freedoms. Uh, your free, your freedom to drive drunk. No. I mean, no, you don't have the right to do that. Right. You don't. And, and you don't have the right to drive. Driving is a privilege in this country. It's not a right. Yeah, that's fair. I don't like it though. And as a guy who who has been caught drinking and driving and who has staunchly been against it since then, I mean, I feel like I do a pretty good job of getting up on my hill and telling people not to do that. I mean, I've, that's a lesson I really did learn. If you're intoxicated, don't drive. I don't care if you're smoking dope. I don't care if you're on mushrooms. I don't care if you're drinking beers. I, dude, if you are if you got a buzz going, don't drive. Just don't drive. Dude, it was honestly, it was the worst thing that ever happened to me. I mean, best and worst thing that ever happened right. to me. It was a life lesson learned. I've changed my life for the better. I wholeheartedly believe that. But, I mean, the money it costs and the problems right. it costs. Still dealing and, with the headache. And, oh, still God, still with, today, with my insurance companies and everything else. Yes. I mean, it, dude, it negatively affects everything. And here's what people don't understand is that that it really does. Your credit score goes down. Of course, dude. After, after you get a DUI. Yeah, Nobody it. ever thinks about that, but your credit score goes down. The amount of debt that you incur from that, the amount of, of money you're going to be paying out on that, you're not going to be making the same payments you're making on other things. You're not going to be paying stuff off. Of course, that it's going to So not only does your insurance rate go up because you got the DUI, but your insurance rate goes up then again after your credit score goes down because your insurance rate for your driver's insurance is uh, your car insurance is set by your, by your credit score. I, I don't know if a lot of people know that, but part of your insurance pay Payment is set on your credit score. Better credit, better car insurance payment. So I don't have that luxury right now. But you know. don't drink and drive. Don't do drugs and drive. Just drive sober or get pulled over. It's a slogan they have. A little slogan. Click it or ticket. Click it or ticket. Be right back with more Sandsbury Show. Hang on. This report is brought to you by Positive Coaching Alliance on Canton's Rock Station. Rock 1069. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show, Rock 1069. Nine o'clock, we'll send you out to Los Angeles for the iHeartRadio Music Awards, which would be a good trip to take pretty recently. I mean, as the uh, the weather looks like it's going to be uh, pretty cold, pretty snowy for a little while now. Um, I don't know what the roads are like now, obviously, as I've been at work for a few hours, but on our way in this morning, they weren't great. No, they weren't. They weren't great. A lot of snow coming down. Wasn't terrible, but it was like, you could tell it was like kind of on the on the edge of, oh man, this might get a little slushy during uh, you know uh, main driving hours. Yeah, which honestly... Thank God I don't have to drive during right now. If you're in your car, I suck. haven't had to drive like regular, like uh, like 
um, rush hour hours in a long time because for the longest time I did afternoon. So you're at so you go to work at noon after morning rush hour is over, and you get out at seven thirty, eight o'clock at night, which is far after you know afternoon rush hour is over. Now we do mornings. Got to be here at five o'clock in the morning. That's before morning starts, and we're out by eleven, which is after it's over. And so it's like yeah, like when I now leave my apartment. At like 4.30 or 5 o'clock and I have to go somewhere and I have to like sit in traffic, I am like a spoiled baby because I never have to do it. So when I do, I would like, I hate it. It makes me crazy. I am not a big fan of driving. I'm not a big fan of it. Is that one of the things you take out of your life if you could? No, because you like a driver. I said, you wouldn't want a driver? No, I like because I don't want a driverless car because I like being in charge of it. I'm I not saying you had a person. I'm saying you had a guy. I feel like, hey, Fantone, you got to drive Stansberry around. Oh, yeah. You do that? I, mean, I wouldn't hate it. A little Miss Daisy action right yeah, there? Yeah, that, that wouldn't be bad. I'll take you down to the Piggly Wiggly. Wouldn't be bad. You're just some racist old broad in the backseat. I'm Morgan Freeman. <laughs> I would have been nice to Morgan. You know what I mean? I would have spotted the talent of Morgan Freeman realizing he was going to be a $20 million movie guy. I would have been like, dude, you know what? Let's be good to you. You seem like a good one. You seem like a good guy. Let's be friends. One of the good ones there, Morgan. When I met people. I did. I met people overall. That's I did. All right, all right, I right, did. Jesus. Right. You know, you know, sometimes I forget that some of you are just downright awful. You know what I mean? And so like the rest of us I like have our words parsed because I mean, of that. I mean he can he can dance, so he can't be that bad, right? He can shoot a basket, he can't be that bad, right? Sing for me, dude. He, he speaks well. Yo, oh, you speak so well. Hey, guess who's coming to dinner? Morgan Freeman. <laughs> all right. That's probably enough. Oh man. So, you know who was unhappy with the Women's March on Washington? Who was that? Uh, you're not going to believe this. I, 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 I mean, I know a lot of people were annoyed by it, but I was, I was shocked to find out that this group was like, hey, let's not do that anymore because it negatively affected our business. Okay. Pornhub not happy. Really? Saw a huge dip in I'm, their numbers. On Pornhub? Yeah. Okay. Now, apparently, Pornhub claims that women are a quarter of their users. That sounds uh, high or low to you? Probably about right. Is that about right? right you think? That's probably what I would think. I mean, obviously more men than women, um, but this whole like, oh, dude, chicks don't look at porn and chicks don't masturbate. Chicks don't do that. That's obviously not true. People do have the misconception of women in pornography in the sense that they only watch it with their partner. Not true. And, and, right. It's, not that's, true. that's not true. I know a woman who has a friend who she says routinely she'll go over her friend's house and she'll just be sitting there watching porn. Fully clothed. Like, it's not about sex. It's about watching the art performance for her and like that like that kind of thing. Like She, just, she says she'll watch porn the way people will watch Netflix. That seems weird to me. It does seem weird to me, especially because there's not like... I mean, yeah, now granted, some porns have like a storyline, I guess you can follow, but like usually, I mean, most stuff produced nowadays really isn't like that. They know that. what we want. Just get to the bang. Right, right, right. Like, show the, the, the air conditioner's fine. Right, right. Nobody ordered pizza. Just take your pants off and give it to me. Exactly. That's America. Exactly. Dude, that should be on the flag. Is that what it should be? Is, <laughs> that, that, is I mean? that what it is? I think we could get rid of one of the stripes, take your pants off and bang me. I think that's, uh, that's the slogan. I mean,. Make America great again, indeed. I think that that would be a great, great slogan there. We are going to talk to uh, Fantone's comedian buddy at 9 o'clock. Steve Guy will be in studio with us. He's going to be uh, at the, is it Funny Stop? The Funny Stop. The funny Stop. The world all, famous Funny Stop. All weekend. We'll get you uh, We'll get you a couple of tickets for that. Talk to Steve Guy and also send you to uh, Los Angeles. I do have to get into a little bit more politics on the program. Mm. 
as I as I read something a uh, about a group of uh, government employees that I'm not happy about, and we need to put a stop to this. And sometimes people just got to learn, you know what? Just shut up, show up, and do your goddamn job. Nobody needs to know your opinion. And I'll give you that next on the Stansberry Show. This report is brought to you by Northern Ohio Buick Dealers. Six nine. Show. And we're on Rock 1069. We're also online for EWRQK.com. If you missed yesterday's program, podcast it there. Stick around, 9 o'clock. We'll send you out to Los Angeles for the iHeartRadio Music Awards. We'll also uh, let you take a listen to Steve Guy, local comedian who will be in town all weekend at the Funny Stop. We'll have him in the studio around 9 a.m. this morning. Longtime friend of mine. Friend since high school, not earlier. Did you? Did he go to Twinsburg? Uh, he did not. His brother did, and I was really good friends with his brother in like middle school, elementary school, and then you know high school comes around and they move we, or something. Well, no, that they, he uh, he is step family. You know what I mean? Uh, like and all sorts of stuff. I don't care about moving pieces, parts. Yeah, got good it. buddy of mine. Known him for a long time. Steve guy. Is he funny? Funny dude. If you like Fantone. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'm going to be a big Steve guy fan personally, but we'll find out. I'm kidding. I'm sure he's fine. We'll talk to him 9 o'clock and get you in his shows at the Funny Stop all weekend. All right, guys. I've uh, I've told you a thousand times now, and I don't know when you're going to listen. I don't know when you're going to listen to me. Uh, dude, when I give you a piece of advice, you take it. Dude, my pieces of advice, my words of wisdom should come on stone tablet. They should. They should. That's exactly how they should be. That's how they should be passed down. You just walk down the hill from some dude in a beard. Moses with the, Moses with his gray beard coming down, telling everybody what's Dude, if what you don't think I said. could find a bearded dude named Moses in downtown Canton, you're out of your mind. Of course I could. <laughs> I'm telling of you right I now. Could. Yeah, dude, right at the corner. Cleveland in second, right there. Plenty of hipsters named Moses. Yeah. Plenty of them. Yeah. Right? But I keep trying to tell you guys, if your job doesn't require you to be on social media, get the hell off of it. What are you doing? Unless you can be very like disciplined Vanilla. in how you use it, right? If you can, if you can just put up pictures of your kids and just put up, you know, the which I would be worried about because people steal pictures of your kids and use them for pedophile sites and all kinds of I, stuff. Well, at that point though, you're gonna deal. You're dealing you're with dealing that with, anytime you go out in public. Oh, like oh my god, that guy could be masturbating, looking at my child. Who knows? I mean, you know what I mean. Uh, you can't. You can't. You can't. I hope not. But at the end of the day, if you are giving your opinion, if you're giving your feelings, your thoughts, I know it feels good in the minute, but the consequences can obviously be severe. And we've seen plenty of instances of people losing their jobs over plenty. this stuff. Plenty. From the top to the bottom. From McDonald's employees who are just trying to work fry side all the way up to CEOs. Right. We've seen people who have said something stupid online and lost their jobs. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, all of these things. You know what they are? It's called social media. That's what it's yeah. called. You know what it really is? A loaded gun. And all the people are waiting for is to point it at you and to pull the trigger. That's all it is. And I keep trying to tell people there is no such thing as an, well, it's just my opinion. There's no such thing as that anymore. Everything is hostility-based these days. Yeah, our light's burned out. I'm sorry. You're totally fine. It's all right. It's all right. It's, uh, sorry, somebody just walked in the studio. Our on-air light is burned out in the hallway, so they don't know when we're on the air and when we're not. I apologize. I'm sorry. I just lost my train of thought there. Um. It, all social media is is a loaded gun. That's all it is. And people are waiting to point it back at you and pull the trigger. And I constantly tell you, there's no such thing as just an average opinion anymore. If you put your opinion out, you're going to piss off 60% of the country when you do it. It's just the way it's going to happen now because that's who we are these days. And now this has hit the Secret Service. It's hit the Secret Service. Now, there's a law. I believe it's the Hatch Act 
where they're not supposed to kind of talk publicly about their positions or whatever, they can get jail time for it. Well, and rightfully so. I mean, the secret is is a part of the, it's like the first word of their job is secret. Shh, don't tell anybody. Big one. That's, that's, what did that's, I say? There was now. I, I just I, I want everybody to understand that I that, that I'm fair on this because I remember there was a Secret Service agent who came out who was like pimping a book and was like d- d- doing like a a tell all about Hillary. And he was already done serving his country, and I said, I don't like that. I, there, there are certain things that I understand. Yeah, technically he's an American. He's got the right to sell the book or whatever. I don't like it. I think people in the Secret Service should be of a different fiber, and you don't do that. It's just That's my take, even when it was Hillary. Okay. All, right? All right? So a Secret Service agent for nearly 23 years, she wrote, took to Facebook, I believe this was, to write this. As a public servant for nearly 23 years, I struggle not to violate the Hatch Act. I'm assuming that's the act mm-hmm. that prohibits them from speaking. So I keep quiet and skirt the median, she says. To do otherwise can be a criminal offense for those in my position, despite the fact that I am expected to take a bullet for both sides. She continues to write, but this role has changed, and I have changed. I would take jail time over a bullet or an endorsement for what I believe to be a disaster to this country and the strong and amazing women and minorities who reside here. Hatch Act be damned. I am with her, she wrote. Now, I believe she's a Secret Service member out of the Denver field office. Okay. And I understand that they got people all around the country. You know, the president moves around. You kind of have to, you know, do that. Um, but this is obviously an issue for them, and they're going to look into it, and I believe I, that they're going to move away from her at this point. Now, I understand some of you are going to say to me, well, that's the most American thing you could do. If you, if you, if you believe there's injustice at the leadership, you, it, it, well, it, it, it's your responsibility to speak up. And what I would say is I disagree with you. I think bitching on Facebook isn't the most American thing you can do because she bitched on Facebook at the wrong time. If you feel that staunchly about the leadership that Donald Trump is going to usher into this country, then you go into your boss's office, you take off your badge, you take off your service weapon, you put them on the desk and you say, you know what? I'm sorry. There are certain things that I can't stand by and watch. This is one of them. And then you go to Facebook and tell America that you have resigned your position as a Secret Service agent and here is why. And that, young lady, is the most American thing you could do. But you kind of have to, you can't, the, the, this whole, uh, just pointing the fingers, like this is dangerous. The, the, there are certain jobs, higher standard, what do we always say? There's a higher standard. Secret Service agents, you can't do this stuff. Yeah, obviously, I mean, you know, you're the cream of the crop of law enforcement, essentially, at that right. point. And it really is. The American public has pumped a lot of money into you being good at what you do, right? Right. And and, and certainly Certainly, you are allowed to have your opinion. You're allowed to have your, you know, uh, it's your prerogative to do what you want with your career. It's your prerogative to do what you want with your life. And you're right. If you would have decided to resign from your post and say, hey, this is the reason I decided to do so, then you've got a point. But when it comes to, when it comes to. Hey, look at that problem over there. Right. Well, and, 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 and at this point, your responsibility, the job you signed up for is the protection of the president, the first family, and uh, those associated with it. Across party line. Doesn't matter. Right. Left, right, whatever. Your politics aren't what is important here. It's protecting the leader of our country and his family. So, I listen. I'm, I certainly am not a Trump enthusiast, supporter, right. or anything like that. But but you, you, you as a proud American, would understand. Dude, if you're a Secret Service agent, you take that bullet. If somebody fires at him, you have to. That's that's your that's what you signed up for. Right. That's your job. And I mean, I'm not trying to say like, oh man, I want people to take bullets. But like, when you sign up to be a Secret Service agent, when you sign up to be a law enforcement agent, when you sign up to be in the military. Uh, with that comes associated risk, and and with that comes like, hey, there's responsibility on your end. There. I would have thought, and maybe I'm wrong, 
But I would have thought that they would have weeded out politically motivated people. Well, she said she'd been doing this for 23 years. Yeah. That's what you said. So, so obviously this maybe the straw that broke the camel's back. I mean, there. think about it. 23 years. I mean, we're talking How about many presidents is that what, eight. Uh, 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 yeah. I mean, we're talking eight, about 16. OK, Obama, no. Bush, Bush, Clinton. You, you know what I'm saying? Like you're talking at least three administrations there. Minimum, minimum three administrations. So you so this woman obviously, you know, was able to to keep serve her, both parties, right? Keep her mouth shut and do her her job throughout all those i mean i'm but not trying this to, is the bridge too far i'm not trying to be like oh this is a straw that broke the camel's back it's trump it's you know but obviously this woman felt something is fundamentally different about, about- yeah I, look, here's the thing and i'm not disagreeing with her i'm just disagreeing about how she t- decided to handle it I, I think if you want to make a statement the statement needs to be here's my badge here's my weapon now i'm gonna run my mouth and i'm totally fine with that even though i like i said i don't i'm not crazy about people in it's, certain positions giving us a look in or writing books i just think there's certain things you just don't do is secret service is it like military where you sign up for X amount of time? I don't know that. I don't, oh, I don't know the answer to I, that. I don't know if it's like a cop where you can just go in and quit and be like, I'm done with this. I, I don't I don't know. From what I understand is that it, it, it is in a, like a separate organization itself. And then like the president kind of picks his people like who he wants around. From what I understand, I could be wrong about that, too. But I, I am not. You can't do this. And I, 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 for those people who were telling me, and I heard a lot about this yesterday, that's one of the most American things you can do. I think telling the American public you refuse to take a bullet for the president of the United States is one of the least American things you can do. As a do. Secret Service member. Right. Am I taking a bullet for Trump? Nope. I'm not taking a bullet for any. Uh, nope. I'm not yeah. a Secret Service member, though. But you're an idiot who tells exactly. D jokes for a living. Exactly. Like, it's a completely different ballgame. That's a completely different ballgame. I know we here in Ohio like to bag on Pittsburgh. We love to hate on Pennsylvania. Right. We hate Pittsburgh. Sucks, we dude. hate the Steelers. Nothing good from Yins. Pittsburgh. Ugh. Pittsburgh is getting it right. I'll tell you how next on the Stansbury Show. If you buy or lease a new Chevrolet between now and January 31st, find new roads at Progressive Chevrolet in Maslin. Every new Chevrolet, car, truck, crossover, or sport utility qualifies. Exclude select sale price inventory. Clearly marked as ProgressiveChevrolet.com. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. Online for you, WRQK.com. Passing out a trip to Los Angeles in about a half hour from right now, 9 a.m. You'll get your keyword for the iHeartRadio Music Awards. We'll send you out to L.A. Also at 9 o'clock, Steve Guy, local comedian, in town all weekend at the Funny Stop. Talk to him in studio, 9 a.m. as well. If fixing your credit was one of your New Year's resolution type things, should be hit up CSE. I've been banking with them for a few years now, and uh, my credit was one of the reasons why I wanted to go to a credit union. Right. Because they offer a lot of programs inside there to help kind of move your credit forward. And CSE being 100% local, has been since they started, not going to change anytime soon. All like the, you know, the board members and like members of the credit union itself all live here in Star County. That was big for me too. I like that. You know me. I like local business. And uh, just offering really competitive rates on loans, whether it be car, uh, home, uh, whether you're looking to refinance your house, you can do all that. And uh, those rates are available for you at CSEFCU.com. Yeah, big banks, they're not going to see you as like, hey, that's a member of our community. They'll see you as a number. They'll be like, ah, your credit score right. sucks. Stansberry sucks. I hate that guy. Right. That's what they P- did. That's what PNC said about Stansberry. <laughs> exactly, I hate that guy. That's exactly what they said. So check out your local banking alternative. That is CSE. You can find them online, CSEFCU.com. As a matter of fact, i got to log in there right now and send my, send my rent payment. I mean, dude, that alone, the fact that you have that app and you can follow your spending habits, that's going to help your credit score alone, sure. just knowing what you're spending Keeping your money it, on. Uh, right. in front of your eyes because you're like, oh, uh, man, I shouldn't do that. I shouldn't do that. I shouldn't do that. Absolutely right. CSEFCU.com. 
We like to bag on Pittsburgh here in Ohio, man. We don't like them. Yeah, we don't like them. No, we don't. We, we, we don't. We, we don't. We don't like them at all. It's weird. I mean, I know you can go anywhere, and there's going to be a little bit of like you know dialect change, and people are going to have somewhat different accents. But Pittsburgh, considering it's only like an hour and a half away, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, Baltimore, and Cleveland all hate one another for this very one reason. It's the same exact city. It's the same exact city. Man, Pittsburgh, they sound weird, though. They talk funny. They look funny. They're Yins. different. They're different. They are. I don't Yins know. going down to watch the Steelers. Cincinnati and Detroit and Columbus. And yeah, I'll agree with you on those. But They're all Pittsburgh, the same city. But Pittsburgh, I'm going to disagree with, dude. There's something about it. Once you get over that over that state line, things get weird. And once you drive past Pittsburgh, it's okay. It's like, all right, we're back to the real world. But, dude, that area of the of the three rivers coming together, dude, it's just a, it's just a crap right. hole. I'm going to take this opportunity to get a little inside the room and remind you that our boss's boss is from and resides in Pittsburgh, ah, Pennsylvania. Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Greatest place on earth. So Gene, go Steelers and go W and go and go WDVE. Black and yellow suck. <laughs> I like St- Pittsburgh's all right with me, buddy. I'm all in. But we like to bag on Pittsburgh, right? And I get it. It's everybody likes to kick the crap out of your little yeah, brother. Sure. Everybody likes to do that, right? But a company in Pittsburgh is doing something right. And I think that this should catch on. And they say that the rest of the country should do this. And that is Heinz is going to give their employees the day after the Super Bowl off work. You're fine. Just stay home. Just stay home. And they're urging the rest of America to do the same. Why? How is that good for America? I'm willing to bet what Heinz is going to say is that doing things like this helps build morale for your company. And it helps you to become one of those places that people are say they're happy to work with because of some of the perks. That, and think about it. How many people show up to work Monday morning after the Super Bowl hungover, not attentive, not really there, stayed up a little later than they normally do because for some reason the NFL thinks it's really smart to put this game on a Sunday later and then an hour mid, you know, halftime show. By the time this thing's done, it's 1130 at night. Super Bowl Saturday. I I don't. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't get why they haven't moved that to a Saturday yet. I can't figure that out. I don't because it's after the national championships games with college, so the NCAA thing's done. So you could obviously move it to I I I'm with you on that. I think it should be Saturday as well. I don't get that. But I think that this is one of those things that though that employees of, you know, uh, of you know, Heinz are going to be like, "I like this." I think outside of, well, it's giving you a little morale boost and hey, it's nice to have a day off of work. I just don't see how this is like a good idea. I mean, so so all, so businesses should shut down for uh, for a day. So like an extra day's worth of what would be economic growth and economic stimulation based on people being in stores and buying things and being at work and producing things and making things happen. Well, we're much like Thanksgiving, that we're, we're going to see a lot of people not do this. Well, right, wait. much like Christmas or Thanksgiving. And so Heinz is saying that Monday needs to be a national holiday. They've gone as far as to create an online petition, and if they get 100,000 signatures, they're going to pass it on to Congress. Now, you know how I kind of feel about these online GoFundMe petition type things. It's all just kind of like, you know, smoke and mirrors. Well, but yeah. But this is, I think you will get 100,000 people to sign this and want to do this. For sure. Of course you're going to get 100,000 people that want to. I just, I mean, I'm just looking at it from like the perspective of a business owner. I, I, and I guess it's going to be a morale boost, but it's like, is it really that much more of a morale boost than any other? Like, hey, we'll just give you a Monday off. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's something you because it's yearly. You know when it is. It's something you would look forward to. It's okay. another little like, oh man, Christmas is almost here. It's another one of those. 
I, I mean, I like it. I, I, now, here's the thing: it would be stupid for our business to do. Like, it, dude, when morning guys call off the day after the Super Bowl, I'm like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Like, that's the, the one of the biggest, biggest events event of the that year. happens, and you're yeah. not going to go to work. Like, what are you? What, what are you, an idiot? So, like, for us, I don't think it would matter, but I. I think for a lot of people that might not be a bad idea. I'm with you though. Let's move the Super Bowl to Saturday. Why? Somebody give me a, a, a give me a good reason why that's a bad idea. And obviously, Heinz very in bed with the NFL. I think they're like the official catch up of the NFL, and you know Heinz Field for the Steelers. Heinz Field for yeah. the Steelers. So you kind of have to think like, well, of course, companies that look to make money off of the Super Bowl, Budweiser, Heinz, you know, Pepsi, all these companies that this is a big deal. Big deal, big deal. Yeah, big hey, deal. We're, hey, we're gonna sell a billion bag of chips Sunday night. You know what? We should take Monday off. So. Of course, they're going to pump it up like that, you know. But I have always said that I think that a little bit of this, we need to make more money, $15 an hour. If Americans don't make enough money, push could be combated for a lot of people in America by giving them more time away from the office. That that is something that you could do, you could figure out that would not cost the owner of the business as much money, and yet you still then are essentially making more money because you're working less for the money that they're paying you. I think there is where you can find some middle ground to help fix that whole situation. Heinz, I'm with you. I'm going to sign the petition. Like I said, boss man, I know you reside in Pittsburgh. They're not so bad. I hate the Steelers, but the city itself, not so bad. Please keep us employed. All right. We will send you out to Los Angeles. We will do so at 9 a.m. We'll also talk to Steve Guy. More Stansbury Show headed your way. Hang on. Hey, guys, you got Stansbury here for High Voltage Indoor Karting. If you're looking for some thrilling entertainment that gets you in out of the cold, I've got what you're looking for. It's Northeast Ohio's first, fastest, and longest indoor high-performance electric go-karting track. This isn't your grandma's amusement park ride. This is high-speed, adrenaline-pumping, extreme driving, and it's all indoors in the historic Foundry Building about a half a mile west of the Medina Square, just off of Route 18. If you have not been out to high voltage, you got to get there. When you do, ask for the Stansbury Show hookup. It's all day, all night, Monday through Thursday. You get free registration, plus three races for the price of two. You're saving around 17 bucks. High voltage indoor karting is perfect for birthday parties, bachelor parties, retirement parties, and more. And now, high voltage indoor karting has junior karts for 9 to 13 year olds. There's limited availability and hours, so check them out online at highvoltagekarting.com or call 330 333 9000. High voltage indoor karting. It's lightning fast fun and entertainment. Rock 1069. Welcome back to the Sands Ray Show on Rock 1069. Right around the corner, we'll send you out to Los Angeles for the iHeartRadio Music Awards. Be a good one to win today, dude. Yeah. Dealing with this crap, it's snowy, it's cold, stupid winter. We'll also talk to Steve Guy, comedian, who's in town uh, all weekend at the uh, Funny Stop. Talk to him, get you into those shows. And like I said, a trip out to Los Angeles. Luckily, I don't think Pete uh, came down here with Steve Guy. I think he came by himself. I don't smell gyros yet. I'm sure Pete will tweet and none of us will be able to read it. <laughs> What? I like Pete. He's a good dude. He is. But he tweets the way he speaks, and it's just difficult to pay attention. And he smells like gyros, too. So, I mean, that's just who he is. There are worse things. I mean, gyros is pretty good. Delicious, dude. I tried to bite him once. So, my favorite UFC fighter feels like he's being slighted. Okay. Nate Diaz feels like uh, Dana White's keeping him on the shelf. Says, uh, you know, uh, the UFC's not scheduling me to fight. They're putting me on the shelf. I guess he's gone so far as to try to get a boxing license that he wants to join Floyd Mayweather's team. Like, I got to tell you, boxing's never been more popular than when the UFC guys talk about it. Notice that? Like, nobody cares about boxing, then the UFC guys start talking about it, and then people start paying attention to it. 
And Nate Diaz says this. I know what this is. I'm being put on the shelf. That's why I'm trying to get a boxing license, he says. Now, naysayers are saying, well, you know, Nate Diaz came out and said, unless I fight Conor McGregor, I don't want to fight anybody else. And then he kind of walked that back and says, well, he wants $20 million to fight, is what Nate Diaz wants. I think that might be a little high. I think it might be high. Uh, aside from the salaries, I don't know what these dudes get paid on a regular basis. I don't know what the average but, is. But, but how is Nate Diaz versus Conor McGregor not a top priority for UFC? Correct me if I'm wrong. It was a huge fight, fight number one, Diaz won. It was a huge fight, fight number two, McGregor won. Why wouldn't you have the rubber match? I think this is what Dana's whole problem with the Floyd Mayweather thing has been is that, guys, boxing's dead. Boxing needs that fight more than we do. And that's true. People can talk to me about what's-his-name, Golovkin or whatever the hell his name is. Yeah, I can hear Jim McCrish tweeting you right now. Nobody in the boxing world except for Floyd Mayweather is a household name. Nobody. I don't care what anybody tells you. Nobody is a household name. They need these yeah. They need these fights more than the UFC does. And I think that's been Dana White's problem all along, which is why are we giving, why are we pumping lifeblood into a sport that we beat already? We put boxing in a rear naked chokehold. It's done. It's over. The only person they care about is Floyd. And that's why he wants us. And so I think that's a little bit of Diaz's problem now, too. Like, wait a minute, guys. Like, I'm the draw here. I'm the only guy in the UFC that's beat Conor McGregor. I'm the only one who's done it. Like, what are we doing here? Yeah, I don't understand how rubber matches and a top priority when both those dudes are as decorated fighters as they are. You can't. Um, you're you're in a weird spot because you want to wait a little while, but you can't wait too long because if either one of them lose to you know a big fight to somebody else, now all of a sudden it doesn't matter. Oh it's, yeah, if Conor McGregor gets his face knocked off by Floyd Mayweather, then what are we watching him fight Nate Diaz for? Exactly, yeah, for sure. Exactly. For sure. Exactly. It's there. It, this all comes down to matchmaking, and that's been boxing's problem: is that there hasn't been another emerging star that you that you can matchmake with. There's not that where the UFC kind of has all that. Diaz feels like he's being put on the shelf. He says now. He also says nobody else in the UFC wants to fight him. Now I will say. I'm willing to bet there are a lot of tough guys in the UFC that do not want a piece of Nate Diaz. I'll say that. I think Nate's one of the toughest guys in the UFC for sure. I, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised. But, kind of a little disappointed about that then. But it's fighting. There are plenty of guys who would fight you. Yeah, I mean. I, it, it, there, it's not that nobody will fight you. Somebody will fight you. I just don't think there's anybody who Dana White says, yeah, I can make money off of that. If nothing else, I mean, there's got to be a ton of dudes who are like, man, I'm just trying to make a name. I'm just trying to get my, my I'm just trying to get up onto that level with you guys. There's got to be dudes that want to fight it. I, for yeah, sure. There there's, there's dudes who don't have the name. Now, Dana says, Nate has told us he doesn't want to fight unless he fights Connor. So if Nate wants to fight, let's get him a fight. But guys who want to fight normally call me and say, hey, Dana, I want to fight. Find me a fight. He's like, that's how this works. He's like, people think I just call guys and say, hey, let's put a match together. He's like, their camp reaches out to me, tells me they're ready to fight, and then we try to find them a fight. That's how this works. Now, I don't know. That could be Dana being Dana. I don't know the ins and outs of how they do the matchmaking. I'm sure that's a little bit of this isn't my fault, it's totally Nate's fault, as Nate's doing the it's not my fault, it's totally Dana's fault. Truth lies somewhere in the middle there, I would imagine, like most things. But as a UFC fan, I am more, and, and I know I'm in the minority here. I know I'm in the minority here, but I would rather see the Nate Diaz Conor McGregor fight than I would the Conor McGregor Floyd Mayweather fight. And I would rather see Nate Diaz stick in the UFC versus go to a sport that nobody cares about. 
Yeah, and I mean, not to you know say that a guy wouldn't be able to make the leap because obviously people have, but oh, I, boxers I, have come over the other way. I'm sure it can be done the other way. I, I just feel like that's a bit. Uh, it's a bit of an assumption there to assume that like yeah, I could just go over there and start boxing it. Science for a reason, right? There's there, there's something to it that that sports harder. I'm not knocking the, the the legitimacy of what boxing was. I'm just saying America doesn't care about it anymore. They don't. I'm sure Russians do because they're big into it still. This and that. Putin and all that. You're I guess huge into it. I guess if you want to be on the sport on the side of the Trump sport, little little joke there. Um, if you uh, if you do want to see Conor McGregor fight Floyd Money Mayweather, yeah, we have a video of them actually fighting. WRQK.com. Mm-hmm. You can go there. That fight actually happened already. Yeah, and it happened via Mike Tyson's punch out, but it's still sweet to watch. It really is kind of a cool watch. That, that was a cool find. I. I believe this a little bit from Nate's end, though. I, Dana has a problem with the Diaz brothers. He kind of always has. There's always been a little something there, and Dana's been a little guilty of... He picks and chooses fighters. I don't know if it's racial. I don't know if it's the way they speak on the microphone. I don't know what it is, but he picks and chooses fighters. He pushes to the front, to the forefront. We've seen this with Chris Cyborg, who feels like that. We've seen this now with Nate Diaz, who feels like that. Amanda Nunes felt like this forever. That's why she was celebrating so hard after she beat Ronda Rousey. Because she kept telling everybody, I'm the bigger star. Why is Ronda being pushed to the forefront? I'm the tough fighter. So Dana's kind of, I mean, sooner or later, man, you keep throwing these darts and they keep hitting bullseyes, somebody's going to nail you on it. And I'm a Dana fan. I like Dana. I think the UFC's benefited from Dana. Of course, it's undeniable he has. Uh, he's a great. I mean, he's a great fight promoter. He really is. Speaking of great fights, uh, I guess a, a two for one question here. Oh no, oh no, oh no. Uh, just curious if you know what's coming up next for uh, two of Ohio's favorite sons, Stipe and uh, Cody Garbrandt. I, you know, I stay off of like the UFC like fanboy message boards and right. stuff. I know there's speculation, but I hear that the Cody uh, Garbrandt, the, the the Cody No Love, TJ Dillashaw fight's happening. Nice. I hear that fight's happening. Nice. And that's a fight I want to see. Any rumors about Stipe? I have. I don't know. Champ? I'm in the dark on that. There, maybe there is. Maybe there isn't. Do you know something? No, I don't. No, no, okay. no, no. I mean, those. I, 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 he's I, mad about his contract. Stipe said he, he's un, he's unhappy with the money he made, and he says he felt like you know the, the UFC took advantage of him for the last fight because he made less money than the guy he fought, and it was billed as like hometown hero defends his crown in the hometown. And what Dana and what the UFC what the UFC is going to say is, guys, you signed the contract. If you were unhappy with the number, you got to be unhappy with the number before the gloves go on, not after. It's crazy to me that being heavyweight champ isn't enough to give you like, hey, you're going to make the most money of this fight. You I would make why? that like a stipulation of like, and you know why? Because it's a knockout sport, and so a guy can go from legitimately nobody to a superhero overnight with one punch. And so I think what they do is they still set salary based on history draws that they've seen before that they kind of know that you're a name overnight success happens and now it's not overnight obviously guys put years and years and years into it but that last leap into like superstardom kind of can happen with one punch and so i think that they're they probably regulate who they pay really well via the return they've already gotten if i were an mma fighter you could just pay my contract in affliction shirts monster energy drinks all I want. Now I can't wait till Cody Nolo shows up and punches you in the face for saying that all he should get is Mountain Dew Kickstart for being punched in the face. All right. Right around the corner, we'll send you uh, to Los Angeles. iHeartRadio Music Awards. 
Also talk to uh, comedian Steve Guy in town at the Funny Stop all weekend, and we'll get you into his shows. That'll happen next on Rock 106.9. Show. We're online for you, WRQK.com, and we just sent somebody to uh, Los Angeles. It is this time for the iHeartRadio Music Awards. No worries. You'll have another opportunity to do so at 11 a.m. with Fishhead. He'll take over, and then uh, he'll get you hooked up with those. You can take me. I want to go, dude. I, I would like, like to go. I want to go. I would like to go. But you, I, I bet you Pink's going to be there. Like Megan yeah, Trainer will probably be there. Yeah, probably going to go that. Probably going to go that. We're joined in studio now by a comedian who's in town all weekend at the Funny Stop, Steve Guy. Buddy, thanks for uh, stopping by this morning. Yeah, thanks for uh, having me here. I hear Pete is willing to uh, allow us to give out three pairs of tickets. Three pairs of tickets. You just have to spell baklava or whatever the hell it is. And then, uh, <laughs> like, I love Pete. I'm, I lo- not, I'm not winning those tickets. I, I love Pete. But do you find it to be kind of funny that he'll stand in the back room of his own comedy club and heckle comics that he's paid to come there? Like, he, he'll heckle. He is his best heckle the other night on the amateur night. This See, guy was there's examples. <laughs> yeah, there's examples from this week. He literally goes, and it was probably the best line of the night. He said, "He looks like a gay serial killer." And you're like, "What? <laughs> I never would have put those things together. I don't know." Has it's there like, never been one of those? Yeah, I mean, I'm right. sure somewhere along the lines, right? John Wayne Gacy probably right I mean, there. I think yeah. A lot of people claim that's where the anger came from. I guess so. Um, you know, you, you talk about hecklers, you talk about Pete, and you talk about the funny stop. I'm sure up on stage before you've dealt with people who have, you know, given you crap from 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 the audience, right, Steve? Yeah, at the funny stop is usually the owner, like Dan said, <laughs> uh, all the time, and it's it's obnoxious. But then you just you just what's go the, with it. What's the better system to engage or to just pretend you didn't hear it? What's the better system? Because I see you guys do both. Man, it it is the answer is both. It just depends upon who they are and what they're heckling. Because you could tell immediately if it's somebody that's like wasted, you're not going to win that battle, and just just let it ride out. And hopefully somebody comes and kicks them out. If you engage, then it makes people feel really stupid because everybody just starts laughing at them with you. I that's have a buddy good. who's who's been on the road who, who who's been touring for a long long time, and he always says my 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 initial instinct is to not say anything. He says because. What you realize is, is that the heckler, what they want is attention. Oh, yeah. He's like, and if you give it to them immediately, you've ruined it. He's like, if you let them continue to go and you don't engage, sooner or later, they're going to reach because they want your attention. They want you to to stay back. And then if you just wait, if you're patient, they will step in it themselves and then you pounce. He's like, new comics make the mistake of the first time they hear a heckler, they go right at him. He's like, you got to let it unfold. They'll make a mistake and say something really stupid and you will hardly have to think about what your joke needs to be and you'll be able to tee off. And I always felt like, I was like, you know what? That's probably decent advice to get. Yeah, I think that's pretty accurate. It's like, uh, it's like the drunk girl at the bar, right? 
Like, if she's really hot and she's into you, you I engage play. them right away. You I, I know you're cool. not making a lot of sense. No, 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 no. <laughs> you got to play cool. They're too drunk. You're like, ah, no, I'm going to wait this one out here. And then they eventually, because they want the attention, you can't give them the attention right away. You got to right. wait it out. And all right, then I see what you're come, saying. Then they come to you, and then they're all about you. And then it's like, yeah, all right. This is going down 100% then. So just treat the audience like she's like they're drunk chicks. Okay. That's Ex- a, I'm, exactly. good at it. I'm good at it. That's the Stansberry Show model. That's, dude, that's my strike zone. Late night Friday show, they usually are, so it works out well. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking to Steve Guy, comedian in town all weekend at the Funny Stop. I want to talk to you about this. I have no idea what your politics are. Um, oh, great. But, but I, <laughs> Let's talk about abortions. Let's I, break them out. I have no idea what your politics are, but I would have to imagine as a comedian that you couldn't have asked for a better leader than Donald Trump, right? I mean, what I said leading up to the election, I said, I'm not a supporter. I'm not a hater, but I'm not a supporter. But the one thing is, is that I would be interested to see a Trump presidency because of what I do for a living. I'm in the have you heard about this business, oh, yeah. and Trump gives me plenty of have you heard about this. So as a pundit, you gotta kind of love this, right? You do, but it's not just Donald Trump that like makes it hilarious. It's the people who are so freaked out by it that also make it hilarious. Because as fun and well, I don't know, fun. Some people will beg to differ that the uh, things that he's doing are fun. But as as great as it is to make fun of him, it's also going to be a lot of fun to make fun of these people who just go to the extremes of freaking out. I mean, they're people who legitimately think it's the end of the world. Like right now, I think that there are Democrats going out and buying guns because they think at any moment we're going to be attacked because the rest of the world hates us. Democrats buying guns. What world do you live in? That is what what is going to happen, Fantone. It's all going to switch around, buddy. Well, the problem is now, you you know what my audience just heard? He's making America great again. That's what I mean. Put a gun in the hand. No, I'm, I'm not even trying to be funny. That's what that's, yeah, yeah, that's what yeah. Trump supporters are going to say. Oh my God, true. they're starting to see our side. America's great, man. Four <laughs> days, and it's great. Tom King, one time. I immediately, immediately take everything back. You I just I mean? said, but yeah. uh, but I think there is something to that. I know, like Bill Maher is a guy who was very, 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 very far left, but he's always claimed that he likes when when the right's in power because of what he does for a living. He's like, oh, yeah. it, my show writes itself for four years. Yeah, absolutely. I do think the biggest. Uh, I, I don't know if it's an issue or a concern, but the biggest thing is the biggest voices, the largest voices are the pundits at times. Sure. And I think sometimes we do get wrapped up in it. And I am in no way a Trump supporter, but I think anytime you're on the Got a red hat on. Got a red trucker hat on. I don't, <laughs> know, if I, I don't know if I buy it. <laughs> it's a Guinness beer hat, folks. All right. Uh, not Guinness. Genesee. Genesee. Genesee there, there we go. Uh, but... I think sometimes the loudest voices aren't always like the well, best ones. They're, they're, they're the least informed, normally. Exactly. That's my point. Yeah. So, and then there are people who are dumb enough out there that think that every joke is serious. legitimate and serious. Right. right. And we, that's a dangerous thing, too. We've gotten into a weird place with that in the world recently, where as a comedian, I'm sure you've had to deal with this kind of internally and even you know up, up there on stage. Um, it's, it's the times of everyone being offended. It's the times of everything being either A, too politically correct or being not politically correct enough and as a comedian as a guy who goes up there and is supposed to talk about things do you feel like you should head on like take that and go like hey yeah i'm gonna go balls to the wall i'm gonna go as not offensive as possible but i'm gonna go as edgy as possible or do you feel like you know maybe i should temper temper that down a little bit and 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 let, and let the audience kind of dictate what they want to hear oh man it's such a struggle now i mean when i was first starting out comedy my biggest thing was i don't want to be offensive to my family despite the fact that there's a bunch of ridiculousness that i can talk about right and now it's so pc that's like oh crap now it's not I gotta my, take my mom no it's everybody i gotta worry about right uh it's difficult but man, it's it's all about how you go at it. I think you can't you can't dance around everything. Well, you know, 
I will always equate it to this for a living. And, and I am somebody who has rallied against like the, the ultra PC culture. But people have always asked me my opinion, you know, since I got into radio, you know, what do you feel about Sirius and XM? You know what I mean? Because, you know, you're, you're loud, you're boisterous, you got some strong opinions, and the swearing would be beneficial. And what I've always said is, is that there's definitely an upside to Sirius XM for guys like me. For sure there is. But I've always really liked the fact that I'm not allowed to do what you could do over there because I feel like it makes you more creative. I have to be able to say what they say without saying it and still get the same reaction. Like I once I'll give you I'll give you an example of a joke. We were talking about back in the day people's moms would put potpourri bags in their underwear drawer. Okay. Oh. And a guy in the studio said, "Why would women put some put potpourri in their underwear drawer?" And the host of the show said, "So their panties would smell good." And I just sit back and I said, Huh, I thought women came with something that made panties smell good. Now, what I just said was I love the smell of pee, which I can't say that. Right. Because people would freak out. But that's what I said. And so there's like, I like having to create to get you to the same line and having to create it versus just being crass. And hey, vagina. Right. Hey, vagina joke. Right. I So I like it. So as a guy who rallies against PC culture, it does make for better pundits in the long run because it makes you go back to the drawing board. And how do I say this and get everybody to laugh and not protest outside the radio station tomorrow? Yeah, I mean, I always say, like, I think it's so funny that people are so against bringing out stereotypes They're like oh you can't say that because that's a stereotype listen people stereotypes are there based in truth they are and it's not like every widely single, exaggerated not every single widely. stereotype is bad though either and that's kind of like what people are pretending like oh nobody's walking back the huge through. penis stereotype yeah right? exactly nobody's right. walking back the i'm really good at math stereotype that's what i'm saying like i do i do jokes and i'm talking about like man i wish i was good at math like asian people because i'm that guy who goes to the bar i'm like oh i have 75 dollars i'm gonna get two drinks and next thing i know i'm like let's all do shots if i was Asian and good at math, I would know. Bad idea, man. You know, that doesn't happen. That's a fair point. Well, like if I'm playing basketball with my buddies and we're one guy short, it's like, hey, man, why don't you call your buddy Jamal, see if he wants to play? Well, why? He's black. You think he's good at sports? Is that a bad thing? I don't think so. I mean, Bill Burr's always said, you know, we're just telling you that you're fast. Yeah, right, <laughs> and, right, and right. you are fast. You, you can dunk a basketball with your penis. We are all impressed. Yeah. You're fast. I didn't say call him up. We're gonna go rob a liquor store and, and do some drugs. I said let's go play basketball. Yeah, he always says he's like you know people are saying that you're saying that's all we can be. He said no. Right. I'm just saying if there was a race to the microscope, you guys would win. <laughs> and, and he's right. He's absolutely right about that. And so that, uh, let's stick with him because my answer would be, and maybe I'm leading the witness here. So we're talking to Steve Guy, comedian in town all weekend at the Funny Shop. We'll get choked up. We'll take us here in just a minute. Uh, maybe I'm leading the witness here, but for me, I have always said that I think right now Bill Burr, pound for pound, is the best uh, comic working for my money. Oh, yeah. He's like, my favorite. Uh, is there, oh, I was going to yeah, ask yeah, you, absolutely. so like, who's the guy right now? Is it, I, I, love, I mean, I've loved Bill Burr for a long time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just think he's great. Most I, people have loved Bill Burr for a long time. They just didn't realize how much of the Chappelle show he was writing. Yeah, that's I true. I mean, he wrote and a lot of that. I, I was fortunate a few years ago when he um, did Playhouse Square. There were just, it was like a who's who of local comics. And also, Florentine was in town that day. Yeah. And uh, Don Jameson. I was at that. Yeah. And, yeah. And Bill Burr. And we were all hanging out in downtown Cleveland at a bar, plus a who's who. And Pete from the Funny Stop came all the way up to hang out, too. And it was, man, one of the coolest nights ever. I'm just hanging out with Bill Burr. He bought me like Knobs Creek or something yeah. like that. I was like, oh my God, the dude just bought me like. 25-year-old I love Creek. Bill. This is amazing. He's so funny and and, and so thought-provoking and does 
And he gets away with it because I believe he's married to an African-American woman or was dating uh, an African-American woman for a long time. And he worked with Chappelle for a long time. He dances on that on that racial line pretty oh, yeah. hard, pretty hard. And but never at the detriment of anybody. He's just exposing things, which is always where I find funny. I don't have a problem going with anybody going anywhere as long as you're not looking to hold somebody down while you're doing it. But exposing issues, I think, is totally in bounds. As we're talking to Steve Guy, a uh, comedian in town all weekend at the Funny Stop. Um is how bad does joke stealing happen on on the local level? Like I know um, it happens to national touring comics a lot. Does this happen on the local level? Like have you been to open mics and been like, dude, I just that was my joke. It's definitely happened. Uh, I don't know if it's it's joke stealing so much as people end up getting like the same premises, and I think that's hard it's, because well, you hear somebody all the time. I personally had a joke stolen from me the very first year I was doing stand up at the funny stop. I was doing a joke. And a year later, the same guy who was the headliner comes back, and I'm sitting there with my buddies, and he starts doing this joke. I'm like, oh, I got a joke like that. And then he does it verbatim with, like, the entire cadence and everything. My friends just look at me like, that's that's your joke. I was like, well, it was my joke. Not anymore. He owns it now. I mean, what are you going to do? And that's the thing. Anymore, is when you've got a national guy that's going from club to club to club to club to club, you know, for every single night, he can steal those jokes because he's not Chris Rock. You know what I'm right, saying? Yeah. Just because you're out there in clubs doesn't necessarily mean you're Chris Rock. And when you see somebody who's like, oh, this Northeast Ohio comedian, this idiot's not going to know if I do this joke in Michigan. How the hell is he going to know whether I'm doing that well, Welcome to the internet. Yeah, like, I mean, welcome uh, to the internet. Know, Sooner or later, it's going to be happening. This is my best joke at the time. I was so mad. <laughs> but you're right. It's it, like the premise... You're right. For it's jokes, it's, it's, yeah. gonna, it's gonna be hard because in, this happens in this industry a lot too. Talk shows sure. and people have opinions and things and that. And people always say, "Well, you know, you you stole that." It's like, no, the truth isn't a take. Like yeah. the, the truth is the truth. Like I can't alter that. I know alternative facts or whatever. Like, but I'm not gonna do it. And so, like, the truth isn't a take. The truth is the truth. And so that that happens in this industry a lot too, where it's like, yeah, guys, smart people were eventually gonna come up with the same with the same oh, great uh, minds think alike, right? Absolutely. The it's same like, common sense. If you're a decent human being, you just have a like a conversation about it. Like, a guy that I'm actually friends with, I didn't know he did it at the time, but then I finally saw him at one point. There's this road, as you go out to Toledo, there's an overpass, and the road is called Fang Boner. I have a joke about it, of course. Sure, and then, who wouldn't? And then he had one, I was like, oh man. So we're on the same show, I just go, hey, real quick. You're going to be doing it? Because our jokes are totally different. Who's doing Fang? Fang Boner. Who's got the exactly. Fang Boner? Who's exactly. going to do it today? I'm like, hey, man, Fang Boner, you or me, what's up? Flip headquarters for Fang Boners. <laughs> it's such a weird thing that you would have that. I'm like, look, did he come up with that because he saw me do a joke? I don't think so. But stuff happens. And now I do, there are definitely, there are some local underground beefs where people think. Give me that, a beef. Oh, man. Who's beefing with who? I don't want to. Who's Chad Zumak mad at? I don't want to. <laughs> no, dude, who, no seriously, who's Chad Zumak fighting with? <laughs> no, it's not Zumak. <laughs> Come on, stop it. I know, dude, I love Chad. Like, oh, he so and I, we've gone, we've gone back and forth 300 yeah. times. It's been bad, been good, been bad, been good, been oh. bad, been good. I think we're on good terms now. I haven't read his Twitter in four days. But, uh, but dude, he's always beefing with somebody. Look, there was a two-year period. I was one of his drivers, okay, because we live right down the street from each other in Lakewood. Was, I spent a lot of time together with that guy. He had a driver and still got TVD. You want. I, I was after, after. So we didn't have a license. Steve, uh, who is uh, who is the local comedian we should all be kind of on the lookout for right now? Steve Guy. Steve Guy, obviously. <laughs> I've been your friend get since eighth grade. Yeah, get your head out of the cheetah aside, pit. Aside from Steve Guy, who's the get local comedian? Get your head out of the cheetah pit. <laughs>
God, Matt Fantone, local hero. Let's do what I can. I got, my parents were so excited when they saw Matt Fantone on the news for saving somebody out of a cheat. Hey, where were you during Harambe, you idiot? <laughs> I put that on you, buddy. I, uh, dude, I got the text. It was like Fantone's on the news, and I was like, well, there goes the neighborhood. Yeah. I, Big shocker. It never crossed my mind it would be good. Right. Like, it never, like, my boss texted me, and he was like, we got to talk. And I was like, Fantone's been arrested. You're like, he jumped like, that's the rail exa- at a that's, wrestling that's, show. He's like, that's, that's exactly what's happened. Like, yeah. he's, like it's, all, it's all bad. Like, yeah. I never thought, oh, it'll be good. It'll be a good thing, right? Steve Guy in studio. He's in the Funny Stop all weekend long. Let's get you guys hooked up with a couple yeah. of pairs of tickets. Yeah. How are we doing this? Are they calling the Funny Stop? Are we going to email it over? How do you want to do it, Phantom? Uh, call us right now. Call us. Right all right. Now. So we'll take, uh, we'll take callers 10, 11, 12 at 1-800. What Two- shows are these? Ah, fair point. When are the shows? What What's happening? These Saturday, shows, Sunday, Friday Monday. and Saturday. We've got two shows tonight, 7.15 and 9.30 p.m. There and then go. two shows Saturday night, 7.15 and 9.30. And Carl Strong's on the bill as well, right? Carl Strong, he's your headliner. Very funny. Uh, dude will talk about anything and everything. <gasps> Hold on. Okay. Oh. The disgruntled clown's back next week. Oh, nice. How he is. Clown. He will Steve, be there. Steve, When's the erotic Howard, is coming? How did you not get on that bill, kid? Like, uh, you step it up. So I'm funny. Being... Dude, so funny you can't get out of the 330. I love it. Uh, I love it. It's <laughs> disgruntled clown. Dollars uh, uh, 10, 11, 12. We'll take him. 1-800-243-7625. Just busting the balls of Steve Guy there, comedian in town, all weekend long at the Funny Stop. We'll be right back with more Sansbury Show. You hang on. It's nine. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Win your way out to Los Angeles for the iHeartRadio Music Awards at 11 a.m. Fisha will give you your next keyword of the day. Uh, we were joined before the break in studio by comedian Steve Guy, who's in town all weekend at the Funny Stop. We were all set to let him go. And as he's getting ready to walk out of the studio, he says to me, Hey, Stansberry, you get a free book. And he hands me the book, and I didn't realize that you had written this book. I thought you had just brought a book so you had something to read while you were waiting in the, in the, the green room or the lobby or whatever. And I didn't realize that you were, uh, well, you were a published, excuse me, author. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> as, uh, as, uh, as you are. But, uh, but you have a book. Yeah. It's called Memoirs of a Wingman. And I'm just going to read the back a dust cover. Here we go. Uh, until now, the most famous wingman on record was Goose, and then he died. Now meet Jackson Kelly's. Uh, he's been the wingman since he's been old enough to consider dating. No one wants to be a wingman forever, but the advantages to the rest of the world are the are the tips he's picked up along the way. As he works through his misery, find out the subtleties to being a successful wingman. Maybe you don't want to always do it, but do it. Uh, do it right, or the next uh, date may end up uh, being with that bitch, Karma. Okay, so the, uh, so are, are these is is this um is this like the true story of your wingman? This is loosely based on some of my dating life, uh, and then there are just some ridiculous stories that I had to throw in there uh, that were fun, that not necessarily dating related. But I was like, man, I don't know if I could do these during stand up. It's like way too long, but uh, so I wanted to make the book. And then there's definitely there really are tips to being like a good wingman in there, which are tips in general. If you're going to go out on a date, there are things where like. Essentially, the book can be your wingman, right? And you right. can look at it and be like, oh, yeah, yeah, I should do this. Okay. It, it, it is. There's a little bit of like, you know. I assume you've read this. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I, you know, I've, I've had my copy for a while. I think it's even autographed. But, <laughs> I, you know, it's definitely one of those things that I think, you know. Most, Check eBay today. Most guys pride themselves. It's like, yeah, I'm a good wingman. I, dude, I help my buddies get laid. What do I say but to you, you all the time? But you don't. What do you say? What do I say to you all the time? That that's half the reason I don't go out anymore because I don't have that guy who could. Dude, most guys think that they know how to talk to women and then. 
the next thing you know, they say something sex-related and creepy, no, no. and then I end up not getting laid because the guy I'm sitting next to is a moron. Dude, wingmen are absolutely tough to find. I, dude, that's I yell at him for being in a relationship all the time. <laughs> if he was single, dude, my penis would be running for the room. He could be your wingman, even though he's in a relationship. That's like almost the best thing. It, best time to be a wingman. Because then, like, like if you go and there's two girls standing there, right, and you you want to hit on one of them, and then you take Fantone over, he they're immediately going to be okay with it because they're going to know like their friend is all right. They're going to be like, oh well, his friend isn't a creeper. He's got a girlfriend, so he's just going to be nice I to my friend. Have literally begged some of my buddies from Cleveland to move down here. I was like, guys, I need wingmen. I need people to go to the bar with. And uh, I, there's a few, but it's like, dude, you're not the right guy for that mission. You're just not. Stansberry has been getting has, has been trying to get me to be his wingman for one of these Canton Charge girls over here for the oh, longest come, time, dude. I mean, come on, for the longest time. Hashtag power couple. Yeah, I'm working for the charge now. I'm doing their uh, their their in hashtag their, power couple. They're in arena hosting, and Stansberry's like, dude, come on, just put in a good word, put in a good word, put in a good word. Um, you having written the book on it, literally, what is your advice that you give to you know the the wingman? To someone being the wingman? Yeah. You, I mean, you have to realize. Don't that- overshadow the guy trying to get laid. That's the big one. Hey, always yeah. dude, don't compete with the guy you're don't trying to help. Don't him. Yeah, right. you're, you're helping him. You're like, um, so if you're like, let's let's take the Cavs, for example, right? You're okay. a role player on the team. You're not going to join the Cavs and try to be like, oh, I'm going to be better than LeBron. I'm no, gonna you're be, not. Right, no, you're not. You're going you're you're gonna to wait for the ball in the corner. Exactly. Hit the three, so Corver. When it's your Hit time, the three, Corver. When it's your chance, you take the shot. Great. And that's it, man. Or you set up, you know, make sure you're setting the screens. You're the guy who sets the screen. Play that's off the what ball. It is. Play off set the ball. Set the screen. Yeah. Stansberry, the LeBron, Fantone, the Kyle Corver. <laughs> I, uh, I, <laughs> I, seriously, I, I do not having a wingman is, I, I just talked about being in a rut yesterday. I, like, I don't go out. I don't do much because I just don't have the right guy for that mission down here. I just don't. Dude, I haven't met him yet. I wrote this book and then I realized after the fact because I was with my dad one day, like I have literally been a wingman since I was six years old when my parents got divorced. I, I'm driving with my dad and we're going. Yeah, she sucks, dad. No, we're going down this road <laughs> and he goes he goes, oh, hey, that uh, remember that house over there? That's where, remember Cindy? I dated her? That's where she lived. And I thought about it. So backstory, Stanley my stepmom married my dad because my best friend as a little kid, like that's his mom. Like we, my parents got divorced. Your dad married your best friend's mom. Exactly. Our parents got divorced. Are you guys related like space balls? How's that happen? <laughs> no, no, man. They, they, they met and they get married. So my dad meets what is now his wife through me. But the woman he dated before that, she was my doctor You're as a, a kid. not a wingman. She was my doctor as a kid. Dude. My dad used me. As Bates. That's dating. not wingman. That's Bates. All Memoirs of Bates. Like, you mistitled the book. I'm, like, like, I'm the younger one of his two kids. I'm like, thank God like you didn't stop at one because you never would have had a date life after you got divorced. <laughs> I did. I, I'm like flipping through this book. I haven't read a single page of it, but I just happened to stumble across. I think a chapter I might want to read first. I okay. might go out of order. You here. do what you want, man. I mean, there is a story to it, but that's okay. I think the fifth chapter might be where I start. You know what this is titled? What is that? Facebook is the devil. It is. So let me, I, I need it. Give me the story. What happened? Oh man. Facebook. Okay. Here's the thing. Girls. I hate the social as we media. we know, girls share everything. Mm-hmm. They oh my God. They share things. Well, what, this, whatever this you is, do, Steve, don't, don't don't cross oceans for people who wouldn't jump puddles for I'll you. Tell you what, this <laughs> well, don't chapter, do it. This chapter is based, don't do it. based on multiple true Oh my stories. God, you mistreated me, but surprise, you're the victim. Oh my God. Hashtag enlightenment. Like, dude, bitches are just the worst, dude. I like, they, they'll run wild. Like, you gotta get them in check. The, the worst is not them, though. It's the ex-boyfriends. I've had multiple ex-boyfriends reach out to me. Not my ex-boyfriends. The girls' ex-boyfriends. Sure. Uh, they will sure. reach out to me. Because, like, a girl will be like, oh, just out to dinner and tag you in it. 
and you don't realize that they've got some sort of crazy ex. Well, and, that's why she's tagging you in it. She doesn't well, care about you at all. Oh, man. Next thing you know. Have you learned nothing, Wingman? Oh, I did learn it. That's why it's in the book. I mean, I was getting threats like crazy. I was like, what in the world? On multiple, one dude went so far as to somehow find my phone number from apparently mutual friends and started texting me death threats, which was great because then I was like, dude, do you realize? Can't find a booking agent to find your number anywhere. <laughs> Ex-boyfriend's like, got you. Do you realize I just show this text to a police officer and you could go to jail? Right, yeah. Never it's heard crazy. from after that. All right. Memoirs of a Wingman, written by Steve Guy, who's in town all weekend. He will be at, uh, well, all life, really, but, but, he is, <laughs> but he is at the Funny Stop this weekend in Cuyahoga Falls. Uh, Steve, thanks for stopping by. Thanks yeah. for uh, joining us on the program this morning. Thank you for the book. I am going to read this. Oh, do it. Uh, I go to the bathroom like everybody else, so I will, uh, I will eventually get <laughs> so this that's whole thing. That's a one-sitter right yeah. there. <laughs> I'll get this whole thing read. Thanks uh, for joining the program. We'll be right back to close it out for you uh, next on Rock 106. Just met me, and I feel awful. Yeah, we got to figure it out. It's been a... 2017 so far. I'm also very much of a germaphobe, by the way. <laughs> Believe me. You might just make it after all. <laughs> Welcome back to the Stansbury Show. We are uh, online for you at WRQK.com. That's where you can actually see a uh, video of Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather actually going to battle. We gave it uh, the Mike Tyson's punch-out treatment. And you can see that, WRQK.com. You can podcast yesterday's program. You'll be able to podcast today's program in about 20 minutes from right there. All issues with the podcast taken care of? I think so. Uh, there was one little snag earlier this week, but okay. it seemed like that's a, that show's now up and things are right. But yeah, overall, okay. it seems like things are starting to get more and more smoothed out the more weeks we use that program. And I got to be honest, as a guy who like kind of bags on the company when they're doing things wrong, that program they bought is really helpful. It's just, you know, it's in its infancy. It's in its right. baby stages. So occasionally right. you have some growing pains with it. But overall, it has made my life a lot more convenient. So I can't bitch too much about that. Um, you know what's going down this weekend that we... We haven't. Two things are going down this weekend. We have not made mention of on today's program. One is that you're moving this weekend. Indeed, I uh, you, you, you've made the announcement earlier this week of the program that you and your girlfriend have found a house that you're going to rent, and uh, you're going to be moving. So I will remind you that again today I am busy, but tomorrow if you need the help, I know your parents are coming down. Your dad's going to help you and stuff. But if you need the help tomorrow, I'll be happy to help you. Yeah, for sure. I will. Uh, I will keep that in mind, buddy. I'll be happy to help you. But you know what's going on on Sunday this weekend that we have not talked about at all on the program, which is kind of crazy when you think about it. Okay, is the Pro Bowl. We have not talked about the Pro Bowl. And I have to wonder, not like you're ever going to get rid of like all-star games in sports because I understand they're a money grab and it, you know what I mean, this and that. But it just seems like people don't care about the, the Pro Bowl. How can you? Like the story, you know the only story I heard about the Pro Bowl yesterday? This is the only story I heard about the Pro Bowl all day yesterday. I watch sports TV all day. I, I, this is the only story I heard about the Pro Bowl yesterday. They're going to use drones to drop balls as like a skills like type of competition, That's I think cool. at half or whatever. That's like cool. you're going to start to do some stuff. I was like, okay, all right, you're doing a little weird thing trying to get people to watch it. Like, are you going to tune in the Pro Bowl at all? Um, it doesn't feel like must see TV. It doesn't even feel like, like I kind of want to see. It. I like football more than I like baseball, and it's not even close. I like football a ton more than I like baseball. 
And yet, when baseball's All Star game comes up, I feel like I got to see that. Well, I got to see that. Because that feels like an actual game. I know it's an exhibition game, but that feels like a game. As far as the. It's not as physical, so you can go all in on it, versus football. You don't really want to tee off on a guy because if you hurt a guy in the Pro Bowl, that's bad news. And as far as the NBA game goes, it's still action packed. It's still fun. Those dudes are going to go out there and score 140 points. Do you think that's good basketball? I hear a lot of um, NBA guys say that's not good basketball. In the sense of, do I think it's like, would I want the Cavaliers playing that style of basketball? No, of course not. But when it comes to me watching an exhibition game and watching the best and the brightest go up against each other, yeah, dude, who cares about defensive schemes? Go out there and score it. Dunk it, dunk it. That's it's a highlight show. Yeah, for that. Now, if the Cavs were playing that style of basketball, which they kind of have been over the past eight games, just trying to outscore people and not play defense, and yeah, I, I, you know, that's why where have, problems come. Why have they turned into like this? We have to shoot the three ball team and not b- doing what they did last year. Like, why are they oh, turning Cavs into that? Cavs were a pretty heavily three ball team last year, and 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 because when you make your three point play, it turns essentially into an extra possession on you on, on your end. So I, I I love where the Cavs are in the sense of they're just decision to go three. I mean, it opens up lanes for Kyrie and LeBron. When you have two of the best dudes that have ever gone to the hoop on your team, you want those open lanes. So I, I don't have an issue with that. I, uh, I, I I certainly hope that this all-star break coming up for the NBA will be a, a, a good a good break point for the Cavs. Um, but as far as the Pro Bowl goes, no, dude. I don't feel even sort of compelled to watch it. I, I don't care. I don't care. It's all going to depend if I just happen to be lounging around right. while it's on. Right. Then as I'm flipping through the channels, I'd be like, yeah, where Sunday football, like I make a point. Right. Like, let's go get some food. Let's sit down. Let's get a six pack of beer. Let's call my bookie. Let's lay some bets. Let's let's get in. Where the Pro Bowl, like I just don't, I just don't have it. Far, far, far more important on Sunday, my friend. Far more important. The round of WrestleMania starts at the Royal Rumble. Dude, 29 other superstars are going to go over the top rope. Who's going to be the last man standing? Find out Sunday night, 999, the WWE Network. Oh, I can't wait, dude. If I'm slow on Monday and I'm like, I don't want to be at work, it's because I stayed up too late watching pro wrestling. I think somebody needs to sit leaders of the WWE down and explain to them what the word superstar really means. I feel like that's getting a little loose. John Cena takes on AJ Styles for the WWE Heavyweight Championship. It's going to be awesome. Oh my god. God. Somebody just screamed State Department. I'd rather hear about that right now. Obamacare! Abortions! Benghazi! The executive orders. Uh, They're just the worst. It's a far reach of power. Now somebody hand me my pen so I can beat Obama's executive orders count. He's a WWE Hall of Famer, dude. President Trump, man. Come on. Good times. He might be in the Royal Rumble. They haven't announced everybody that's going to be in there yet. Former WWE Hall of Famer makes an appearance. Trump comes out, dude. The crowd goes wild. He is in a Royal Rumble with Mexico. <laughs> They'll pay for the championship belt. Duh. Duh. They'll pay. All right. Aside from that, we are done for the day. I do want to make you aware of this, though, because this is important. Fishhead at 11 a.m. this morning is going to give you a keyword that will be good for a trip for two out to Los Angeles for the iHeartRadio Music Awards. That can only be done, happened uh, with Fishhead at 11 a.m. this morning. Aside from that, we're done for the day and the week. We will be back live Monday morning, 6 a.m. on Rock 1069. You guys have a safe weekend. See